0: tuesday december 14th 2021 and this is the people's podcast this is steak for breakfast
1: smoky this is not Nam. this is bowling there are rules <laughs> today junior
2: america steak for breakfast so
3: stand by
0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. You can find them at manrubs.com and on Instagram, Man Rubs. Rubs, barbecue tools, blowtorches, t shirts, coffee cups, and all around barbecue related gear for you to make barbecue great again. Use the code steak 15 for 15% off your order. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear, there at StayReadyGear.com and on Instagram, StayReadyGearUSA. Holsters, custom kydex mag carriers, tourniquet carriers, on and off duty gear. Lots of stuff. Anything you could possibly need made out of melted Kydex, they got you covered. Use the code STEAK for 5% off. Don't get ready, stay ready.
4: You know, the holiday season is upon us and you can take a lot of those holiday shopping needs out of the equation by jumping online, mypillow.com forward slash and hitting up Mike Lindell at the MyPillow store. Right now they're experiencing the largest sale of the season where you can get and save up to 66% on over 600 MyPillow products. Keys the sheets, Giza of pillows, Giza the podcasts, gees the slippers, and more. Use promo code STAKE at checkout. The world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording gear. The top tier of ear gear can be found at odyssey.com. They specialize in headphones. The quality is angelic. Noah can attest Fantastic Love it Whether you're gaming Potting Blues traveling Or in studio recording Odyssey's got everything you need To take care of those ears And treat them right They're like the Giza headphones They're on Facebook They're on Instagram as well Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms Has been southern Serving Southern California For over a decade He's got a five star rating He's a licensed FFL No tradesies And uh, he's quick to respond on Facebook Messenger. He's got a newly redesigned website, westcoastsurvivalarms.com. And you can call him via the telephone, 619-870-6992. No one likes their stockings stuffed than when it's stuffed with ammo. So hit up Mike over there at West Coast Survival Arms. Our first responders are working hard. It's raining in San Diego today. That means people who can't drive are driving. And crashing. When they're off duty, they may be wearing T-shirts, sweatshirts fanny packs and flip-flops from Mediocre Medic when they're on duty responding to all those bad drivers and the accidents that they usually cause out here in San Diego they'll have their patches and their stickers on their med bags and on the sides of the fire trucks ambulances and police cars etc Mediocre find them on Instagram Dump Box home of the zero fucks duck go talk to Mark Jar Friday he's already dropped a Santa duck this year nice and this weekend we have our first home alone duck of the holiday season very Christmassy. Mark's on Facebook, he's on Instagram, and it's also on dumpbox.us. Friends, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast. There you'll find a link tree that'll take you to all our social medias, our website, the Telegram, and more. And on that note, welcome. Tuesday edition, Steak for Breakfast podcast, episode 90. I'm Roan. Noah's here. Yo. Antoinette's here. What up, what up? We're going to have Joe Kent and Mike Collins, two America First candidates coming up for an America First roundtable. All right, joining us first today on this Tuesday edition of Steak for Breakfast, we have kind of a steak exclusive for our listening audience. We've got an America First panel of candidates, each from a different corner of the country. Uh, Jumping in with us first today, he's running in Georgia 10. It's going to be his first time on Steak for Breakfast Mike Collins, thanks for joining us.
5: Hey, thanks for having me. It's our
4: pleasure. And then coming in from the great state of Washington, making a return to steak for breakfast. Mr. Joe Kent, running in Washington 3, thanks for joining us today as well. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Uh, Mike, let's get started with you. It's your first time up on the show. Why don't we get a little update from you on the campaign trail, what's going on, uh, what you're seeing right now, endorsements, whatever you want to talk about real quick. Give our listenership a little introduction to you.
5: Well, in case you don't know me, I am from Georgia, uh, <laughs> running here in Georgia's 10th district. And uh, it happens to be an open seat. The uh, The congressman that currently occupies this seat is not running for re-election. He's going to run for a uh, statewide seat. So I took the opportunity to uh, to set my business aside and to, to run for this seat. Actually, I ran for it against this, uh, the current congressman seven years ago, and he uh, he actually barely beat me out in the runoff. So uh, it's, not, uh, it's not my first time. I've never served in office before, but, it, uh, but it's not my first time running for this office. Um, we are running. I am a, uh, a true blue, unapologetic, pro-Trump candidate running uh, on my, I want my America First agenda back and uh, very, very conservative credentials. Um, you know, we have seen people resonate like crazy to our campaign and to our message. And I think that's because people want someone to go to Washington to fight. I mean, to actually fight for this country and get our country back because y'all, we are losing it. Yeah. And, and, and the people that, and especially the people in the 10th district, they are just hardworking blue collar people. And, and I actually was born, live, grew up work today. In the tenth district, um, I'm actually remote uh, from my office, but you know, this is where I've been my entire life, and, and the people of this district understand. They may not know everything that's going on, but they know something has happened since this last election. Sure thing, and they feel it, and uh, by God, they want it back, and and they want somebody that they trust. And understand that has no other agenda but to go to Washington and fight for them and take our country back for them.
4: That sounds like a pretty good platform you're running on now. I think I, you had me sold at Trump era policies and America First agenda. Yep. I mean, you know, people who listen to this show for sure is. Definitely, two of the things they look for when, when vetting a possible candidate to get behind and support. Uh, Joe, let's get an update from you. I've seen you've been busy too, running around on social media. You're doing a bunch of stuff, and I heard the campaign's going really well. Why don't you give our listenership an update on what's going on your end of uh, up there in Washington?
6: Yeah, everything's going uh, pretty well. So we got some good momentum, and I think that's you know largely due to the the America First message, and then also everyone. I think those of us um, out there who were a little skeptical. Um, about the Biden uh, administration coming into this year. They've had their skepticism confirmed of how terrible things have gone for the first 10, 11 months of the Biden administration between the crisis and the supply chains. The way that COVID has just continued to lock the country down and really take away people's individual freedoms, individual liberties. Out here in the state of Washington, we don't have, a strong governor at all we, we have a, a very activist governor just mm-hmm. like you guys do down there in california sometimes i feel like jay Inslee, k brown and Newsom were in a competition to see who can you know be be the biggest authoritarian um i feel like jay's doing pretty well though pulling ahead right now because he he went ahead and uh, forced a bunch of our state workers earlier this fall to uh take the jab or lose their jobs and mm-hmm. so that's cracked down on a lot of people we're putting our kids back in masks they're talking about mandatory covid testing for the children so we our message is resonating because i just tell people i want to give you your freedoms back and i want to go to congress and fight for that day one i'm in congress i'm presenting legislation that makes vaccine mandates mass mandates illegal unconstitutional uh obviously biden's not going to sign off on that but what that bill is going to do is going to let the american people know exactly where all their lawmakers their elected officials stand because we have a representative jamie hurrah butler who voted for the impeachment of trump she voted voted to stop construction of the southern border wall she said nothing about the vaccine mandates that have like hurt so many people throughout the country, but really in our district. She's been silent and that's because she's taking money from Johnson and Johnson and from big pharma. She's gone along with this. She's even praised Jay Inslee's COVID policies. So mm-hmm. we're bringing people over to our side. We just had two really good polls come out recently. Trafalgar did a poll out here that surveyed both Democrats, people that self-identify as Democrats and Republicans, put me in first place, a Democrat, the only Democrat so far that's in the race is in second place, and Jamie's in third. We have a top two jungle primary. So right now, if the election were held today, according according to that Trafalgar poll, Jamie would not advance to the general, which is very significant. 47% of people surveyed in that Trafalgar poll self-identified as Democrats that put me in first. So our message is resonating. Uh, another great piece of polling for both Mike and myself but, and Anthony Sabatini that came out uh, last week from Soko Polling has me again in the lead. I'm up 40, uh, 40 points. Jamie Herrera Butler is in twenty. Uh, she's at uh, twenty nine, and then everybody else is in single digits. So, and that was a Republican internal poll. So everything's going really well. We're just going to keep the pedal to the metal.
4: Yeah, I mean the the support in both of your guys' districts, the endorsements that are coming in, and then. Just the uh, platform that you guys are running on, I think uh, one of the biggest things we're, we're seeing with this current administration, regime, whatever you want to call it, the mess that's going on in the Beltway right now- Train wreck. Yeah, is that the people just really- What's going on in Washington, D.C. does not reflect the views, the policies, the convictions of the American people. It just doesn't. And and it, it, it's so uh, clear to see when you see those polls that reflect independence, which are now, you know, in the high 50s, low 60s, as seeing a very unfavorable look at the current administration, which is something that's almost unprecedented for this time, you know, early in a presidential term. Uh it sounds like you guys are both running on a lot of the platforms we're going to, you know, uh, talk about today in some of these topics we're going to discuss. And it's pretty funny when I go down the list and look at almost all of them, uh, all of these things that we're having issues with uh, facing America today are pretty much have to do with uh, abandonment or reversals of Trump era policies. And I think that uh, that says a lot for what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now, and, and we're going to jump right into it. I think uh, one of the biggest ones that we're seeing, you know, talk about lately and they're trying to jam through is the whole, you know, Build Back Better. We call it the Build Back crappier plan on here, but everybody's got a different <laughs> name for it. You know, it, it's one of those things where you see how much stuff is in it and, and where it's supposed to be going. There's like, you know, environmental stuff and climate change stuff and Green New Deal stuff and stuff. Unlimited amounts of cash for people who are legally present in the United States and even more money for people who plan on coming to the United States and and things like that, stripping down our national defense and, and, you know, just making the country a whole lot less prosperous and safer than it is right now. Uh, Mike, I'll start with you. When you talk about hearing what's going on with that Build Back Better plan, the the, uh, CBO score. The fact that Jen Psaki said yesterday during her press conference that the score basically is a lie when, when the office officially released it and gave a pretty good, uh, I, I think, a fair analysis of it and how much it actually cost the American taxpayer. What do you see when, when you see this thing trying to get passed?
5: Yeah, you know, what we've been seeing here is, is the fact that let's take, for instance, they say that uh, that this Build Back Better plan is not going to cost anybody any more money. But then you turn around and they're going to spend tens of billions of dollars to hire IRS agents. Now, what do you think those IRS agents are going to do? They're not going after the, 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 the high-end group. They're going after everybody. Yep. And that's because they are going to be scraping for every penny they can get. The, well, the other thing that we've, that we've been hearing a lot of, you know, you talk about all of these free programs. Let's take like uh, pre-K and getting these younger kids into school so that you can have two people working again. Where where did we get away from this where it should be an option if you want one person to stay at home and raise kids?
4: It's an excellent that point.
5: What what they're trying to do is move to a point to where you are so tied into the government and then you have to work and your kids are being indoctrinated on a daily basis by this government. And these are things that I'm telling you, people see this from all across the the country. You know, you you take all this money there, they're putting in this build back better mess for for Afghan refugees. There's so many things you can pick apart here. You're going to you telling me you're going to spend tens of millions of dollars to relocate Afghan refugees over here that you didn't even vet. But maybe 14 or 15 percent of these folks. And we've got homeless vets out here living under concrete bridges. I, I don't think so. That's why it is America first. That's why this thing is resonating. I am telling you, that's why people have, are so fed up with this crap up there. That that they they're hungry,
3: yeah.
5: and uh, and they're, and they're they're not woke. They're awake. Uh, so you know, and 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 Joe and I, uh, I think we had the opportunity to speak. Uh, back in the summertime on on some issues together uh, at Dallas. We also spoke in Miami. And uh, and I think people are looking for a group of candidates. Uh, And and I say Joe and myself because Joe comes from a military background. Right. I come from a business background. But you know what? We both believe in the Constitution. Our God-given rights are given to us by our Creator, and we're running on America first. And, and uh bill back better man that's 180 degrees it's almost like biden uh looks at whatever trump did or whatever the trump agenda was and says boom, we do 100, 180 degrees opposite and and that's the route we'll go yeah it definitely looks and, like and that. that's what it's getting us
4: yeah that's definitely where where you see some of the uh popularity coming through with you guys well that was
0: 100 percent what happened too it was like Everything that Trump did, they canceled, and it was it really just felt like it was out of spite. Yeah. And then yeah. back to that IRS thing. Well, they're one hundred percent not going to go after anybody in the upper echelon. They're actually going to be told not to. I would they venture to say. Don't
3: pay
7: taxes anyway. So. Yeah.
4: Yeah. That's that's true when it comes to their enormous businesses. Joe, what do you think when you see you know this this the issues that they're having and and some of even like the Senate and House Republicans supporting uh, the Build Back Better plan and uh, you know lying basically their constituents, saying, "Well, there are things in the program that help you, and that's the only reason I'm supporting it." We all know that's not the truth. It's because of they want to just remain in D.C. and line their pockets with as much money as possible. And when you feed into these programs that have so little to do with the country and so much more to do with special interest, that's where all the lobby groups and think tanks and all those things come in. What are you you seeing when when you start to look at this bill and, and and how much traction it's been able to gain even up to this point?
6: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Republicans that have really helped keep this thing alive. This thing. This thing and the uh, continuing to fund the government and Mm -hmm. the debt ceiling increase, all should have been strangled in the crib. They never should have advanced this far. But we had Republicans cross the aisle and then do the whole D.C. cop out where they say, hey, they they talk down to their constituents and they say, hey, you guys don't understand. In order for me to keep the system that you can't understand, you're not smart enough to continue to run. I had to sign this bill because that's going to get us. I don't know some obscure project for the district mm-hmm. meanwhile it's tacking trillions of dollars onto the national debt which we can't afford it's only 10% if you're being generous only 10% of the build back build back broke build back better plan <laughs> whatever you want to call it actually addresses real infrastructure and even those infrastructure investments are pretty questionable so there's a couple districts that I'm sure they got their slice of pork But the American people, even in those districts, let's say your congressman or your senator can come back and say, like, we got you a bridge built, we got you uh, a school improvement, something like that. The American people know that it wasn't worth it. They also know that this Build Back Better plan, on its first pass, especially with the Green New Deal type of uh, projects that are in there with the electric vehicle charging um, program they want to implement, that is a payday upwards of $300 billion, $350 billion on its first pass to the Chinese Communist Party to buy all the lithium and to buy all the infrastructure that's going to go for these electric car charging stations. You know, and, and so the American people are like, why are we trying to build electric car charging stations that's going to benefit our number one geostrategic foe, who already has all of our supply lines gobbled up, and then at the same time, we took out our entire uh Oil production and fuel production economy, and everyone can feel that at the, the price at the pump. Oh, yeah. So I think I think your traditional DC Republicans that are voting for these bills and, and then are that are part of the problem solvers caucus, like my opponent is, <laughs> and say, hey, I have I have to cut these deals, guys. The American people, the Republican base, and even a lot of people that are crossing over to our side, they simply don't believe that anymore. They want to hear common sense. If you're going to pass an infrastructure bill, everybody throughout the country should be able to point at the physical infrastructure that's you know going to be actually made from this bill. It shouldn't be a bunch of obscure concepts, and, and people see through the trees. They understand what hiring more IRS agents is going to mean for them. They understand that um, on its they understand that um, with this bill, you're just gonna have more and more government control, right. cradle to grave. When the government says, like, hey, we're gonna get like Mike pointed out, hey, we're gonna give you money for pre-K so that both of you guys can get back to work. Uh, and so like the IRS agents you hire can now tax both of us even more <laughs> and you get control of our kids at a younger age. I, I I just think, you know, there's there is a great awakening going on throughout the country. And the the corporate GOP, they don't see that.
4: No, they certainly don't. And and it's one of those things where it's there's such a huge crop of candidates like yourselves, America first, you know, ones that are really supporting those Trump era policies that are coming out right now that are, you guys are all starting to organize. I think that was the biggest thing we, Joe, we talked to you so early in your campaign. It was like right at the beginning, Uh, you know, same thing with a couple other of the candidates we've had on, but now as we have people start to come back or we get people a little bit later on down the road, whether it be via endorsement or just like, you know uh, in their areas, they become real popular. I think some of the things you see is these candidates start to show up at speaking events together and, Rallying off each other's strengths, like Mike mentioned, you know, Joe with your military background and then Mike and his background in big business and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you guys have such an understanding of how the country really works. But not only that, where are the people that whose districts you guys are going to be representing, how it's affecting them. And I think that's part of the critical matter right now that's that's going into the strength and popularity of both your guys campaign. I want to segue now, Joe, you talked about it in the beginning about governors one up in each other. I don't know if you saw it today. Well, it was late yesterday afternoon. Just as soon as he got back from his vacation and right before he left for his national book tour, Gavin Newsom announced that California would be uh, implementing, well, re-implementing, a uh, statewide indoor mask mandate starting tonight at midnight. Awesome. Um, Yeah. So I guess... Still not going to do it. Well, my wife's going to be doing all the grocery shopping for us because I'm just not going to go into the stores and deal with that. Um, We've seen some of these things with COVID. uh, Everything from kind of like the way the administration has turned... Well, they've kind of demonized the vaccine with the mandates all the way up, you know, how it's affecting like federal workers and private businesses. We've seen things stalled in court, but I did see today that there was like 27 people in the Air Force who were, they they, they were fired essentially because, you know, they, they refused to take it. And, and it's still affecting a lot of people in their everyday lives all the way down to like the mandates and uh, the mask stuff. Starting with you, Joe, what do do you think about, you know, some of this COVID stuff? And when you get to Washington, D.C. next year, if it's still as much of an issue as it is now going into combating that.
5: So I I
6: unfortunately think that we are going to be dealing with this until we start pushing back. And I I don't see the regime and the machinery of our ruling class letting up, especially going into 22. And if they have it their way, they'll keep it going to 24, because really, at the end of the day, this has to go to. the the mass unsolicited mail-out ballots. They don't want to change that system. They want to keep control of the economy. So I think what we have to do is just start pushing back. And that's why I think it's so critical to demand every elected official, every single public servant, they need to tell their constituents what their stance is. Will you protect the Constitution? Will you protect individual rights and start pushing back against these mandates? Because they're immoral, they're unconstitutional, and they've been weaponized against the American people. So like I said, day one legislation coming from Congress, I know Biden's going to veto it, but we're going to make every single lawmaker put their name on the dotted line and say, hey, Mask mandates, vaccine mandates are absolutely unconstitutional. I think from the congressional perspective, we take back the House, we take back the Senate. Mm -hmm. We can start we can start going through and using the power of the purse strings to cut off every single federal penny that governors like Gavin Newsom and Jay Inslee that they're, they're using right now to enforce these policies and even make life as difficult as possible for them, go through all the different grants and just say, hey, we are gonna play hardball with you until you let, let up off your people, stop it with these VAX mandates, stop telling people that you're gonna fire state employees, you're not going to get federal funding. I will cut off every single penny, I don't care. And I will walk back into my district and say, I understand that right now I'm making life a little bit more difficult for us because I'm withholding federal funds, but I am playing hardball with Jay Inslee. And I know the people are going to support that because they're so sick of politicians not fighting for them.
4: Yeah, I think they sure are. And we really can't take into a, uh, you know, we, we have to take into consideration that if COVID was what the federal government has essentially told us it was from the beginning, it would be a whole <laughs> different story. But you, yeah. you you can't be in places like California and say, Hey, guess what? Starting tomorrow, no matter where you go, we're going to be wearing masks. And if not, you're not going to be allowed to go into businesses. And on the same Seven day period, you're going to have a hundred thousand people in the Rose Bowl for a USC football game, unmasked, <laughs> unvaccinated. Yeah. It, it makes it a really interesting, compelling case to see where the legitimacy of these, you know, emergency uh, powers that they keep granting for themselves. Like here in California, Gavin Newsom's authorized himself to have emergency powers all the way up through the end of March of 2022. I don't think
0: he's ever going to give it up, honestly.
4: Well, I think when he starts to be getting choked from D.C., like some of these, you know, representatives in the House and and people in the Senate are going to start doing, I think once the majorities are back, it's going to make it very difficult for him to to kind of be able to move as much as he's doing now, which is freely.
0: Well, no, he's so popular. He was more popular during the recall than he was originally.
4: That's true. I keep forgetting about (laughs) that. Now, Mike, I'm not as familiar about what's going on with the COVID stuff in Georgia, but why don't you give us, you know, your feelings on these federal mandates, especially ones affecting like federal workers, frontliners, like the Border Patrol, people in the military, losing a lot of really good patriots out there, all the way up to, you know, how it's going in Georgia right now. Yeah. And and see how it's affecting us.
5: You know, Georgia has never um, really gone as far as some of the blue states. As far as the mask mandates, um, I, I don't see how y'all do it, Joe. I don't see how you do it out there in the state of Washington. <laughs> yeah, that's but funny. but but I want to tie a couple things in together real quick. Go ahead. You talk about the Build Back Better plan, and you're talking about this COVID. There there is an underlying theme in both of these, and that is the word called China.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Yep. China China the number one enemy to the Communist Chinese Party. Is the United States, and their objective is to break us. And with this Build Back Better crap plan that they're trying to shove down our throats, they're doing nothing but printing money, causing inflation. They, who is buying this debt? Hmm. We need to know that. We need to audit and find out what's what's China's play in this, because you know it's there. Well, aren't and that goes property right too? over into this covid that we that we are getting. It came straight from China. It's nothing but a weapon. And, and what the Biden administration is doing right now, they are, they, are, they are bent on getting you to the point to where you break, right. to yeah. the point to where you say, you just put your hands up and you say, whatever you want, tell me, just leave me alone. And at that point, they got you. Now, from a military standpoint, hell, that's easy. They're trying to purge the military people that don't believe in what this administration is pushing. Yeah. That's why they're firing these people. They, and that's that's their game plan. And as, as far as what Joe was hitting the nail on the head, this next elections, we saw this in Georgia. You know, I worked these polls, y'all. I was at the polling place. I saw those absentee ballots come in in stacks and only one of them be signed. Mm. You know, but, but thank goodness in our county, the, the director of the elections board, they called him up. You know, we have a problem here. We need you back up here. Nice. And, and, and if you don't come back up here, you've only got so much time or we don't count it. Mm. But if, if they can get absentee ballots back out like they did last time, Fulton County, do you think Fulton County was doing that? Heavens no. <laughs> they were opening those <laughs> envelopes, throwing that ballot in the ballot box. And they were saying, you know what? They ain't ever going to audit us. And if they do, what they going to do? We'll take our licks.
4: Yep. You better watch out what you're saying about elections. You're going to have Stacey Abrams come through the wall there like the Kool-Aid <laughs> man. Oh, jeez. You, so, that is the you problem.
5: know, I could have went all day
0: without
4: you saying her name.
0: I think there might be a new meme coming.
4: <laughs> hey, she, she, according to her, she's the duly elected governor of, of Georgia who announced her re-election campaign last week. So we'll see where that's going yeah. with that. All right, G- gentlemen, we're going to segue to the southwest border. Uh, we've had so many guests on who have, t- have talked about it, a lot of great candidates like uh, Josh Barnett down in Arizona. And we've had Jorge Ventura, who's done two documentaries on, you know, the mess that the border's been. And, and just about everybody who comes in here and touches on that and, and how much it's tied into everything, whether it be like the economy affecting middle class families, the COVID narrative, you name it. The mess that Joe Biden created down there from not finishing the wall and reversing all of the Trump era policies. Um In addition to hiring people who are unqualified for the job, like Alejandro Mayorkas, who's been an absolute disaster in his uh, congressional hearings, he either doesn't have that data or he's not familiar with the pronouns when when senators try to identify the cages or, or the holding facilities down there and stuff like that. And it's just been a lot of doublespeak. We, we do always bring up the fact that even though these, uh, you know, congressional hearings where they bring these people up and try to hold them accountable are awesome for shock value. It's a dunk fest because they're blatantly wrong. They're committing a lot of different crimes that are in direct violation of the Constitution by letting the border be like it is. But at the end of the day, it, it makes the run on the cable news networks and you either agree with it or don't. And then the next day, Alejandro Mayorkas goes back to work. Um what do you guys see as, as as part of each of your plans? Joe, I'll start with you first in in solidifying the, you know the the mess that's down at the border, getting the support to all these people that are working hard down there, and then reassuring the American people that you know the over two million people that came in this year aren't going to be paid half a million dollars, but are going to be held accountable for breaking our laws.
6: Yeah, I'm really with the southern border day one. That we take back the house, take back the Senate. We submit impeachment papers for Joe Biden for this mess on the southern border. He invited. This wave of illegal immigration, uh, Trump did everything that he could for his four years to get the southern border under control. Really? The made in Mexico policies, Trump offensively using the threat of tariffs, the threat of withholding foreign aid against South American countries was having a great effect. The support that he gave to the men and women of the Border Patrol was really starting to have an effect. He attempted to have a wall built, but mm-hmm. we had Republicans in the House and the Senate toward him. We had control of the House and the Senate for the first two years, of the Trump administration People like my opponent, Jamie Herrera Butler, who are supposed to be Republicans, um, who, who've never seen an amnesty bill they didn't vote for, they crossed the aisles and voted with the Democrats to stop construction of the southern border wall. So I've actually been down there. Uh, Paul Gosar, your great Paul Gosar, gave me a tour of the border. He's he showed great. me the exact spot where they stopped building the wall. And it's ridiculous because the taxpayers, we still paid for it. Mm-hmm. So all the materials just laying, literally laying down there yeah, in the dust, waste. in the Arizona, Texas, in the Texas heat and there's illegal immigrants walking around it, even walking over it, walking right into our country. And so I think we have to have a really strong policy to get the military down there, finish the wall, reinforce the border patrol and uh, DHS. And then I think on the on the US side, we need to start going after employers that are hiring illegal immigrants, cut off all federal assistance to illegal immigrants. Like We cannot be passing any kind of social welfare bill that's going to go into the hands of illegal immigrants. There has to be some sort of verification process that you're actually a US citizen before you get access to our welfare state. And that's going to cause a lot of people just to self deport A lot of these folks are rational actors that they heard that the U.S. was open. Joe Biden was going to give them all this money, all these different plans and programs. So they made their way up here. They knew they could get jobs. They knew that they could get welfare assistance. And yeah. this is the scam that the, the corporate elite are running. They want to bring in illegal immigrants so they can undercut U.S. labor and keep Americans locked down at home, waiting for their government stimulus check or universal basic income, whatever, whatever we're going to call it this week. Um, to really just come in for them having to being able to get a decent paying job. That's really what this is. And we've had a massive effect up here in, in my district because we're right between failed sanctuary cities right. that are open doors for illegal immigrants between Portland and Seattle. We have I-5 that runs right through. We've had a massive uptick in crime. I mean, it, it's unbelievable talking to the police officers Um, the amount of gang violence, human trafficking, drug trafficking that we've just seen in our district because of these issues and the the influx of illegal immigrant crime. So that has to be a day one priority. And I think this is a great vector for impeachment. We must impeach Biden for this.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And it's good. I like a couple of those points you made in regards to like the E-Verify system and then the the benefits. It's pretty funny. A, A family of, from wherever, can come in from the third world either via plane like in Afghanistan or across the Southern border. In a lot of instances, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, they are treated with ivermectin and then they're released into the United States where you have hospitals right now who are refusing to treat maybe organ transplants and, and cancer treatments for unvaccinated American citizens. But then these families can roll right into the hospital and on our dime, uh, unmitigated get whatever treatment they need and then just go out into the wind and, and, you know, be invisible like most parts of they are when they, uh, you know, across into the United States, remember over 90% of those people that, that cross into the United States illegally never show up for their court dates. And when you're talking about over 2 million people this year, that's a that's an eye-opening number. Mike, what are your feelings on the border? What's going on right right now, you know, supporting some of our people down there, like the Border Patrol, CBP, HSI, ICE, we have deportations down over 90% this year, uh, with more than quadruple the number of people coming in in years past. Ooh yeah how do you how do well, you let's, feel? Add,
5: let, let, let's add to that now the last numbers i had was august we had a 317 percent increase of people mm. coming across that border and sitting down looking for their checks and their welfare 317 percent. do you realize that in the same month ice had record low 20 year history low for arrest now that ought to taste so how can you that, that doesn't even make common sense <laughs> How do you have that many people coming across, but you don't have anybody getting arrested? I tell everybody when I speak to them that every state in this union is a border state, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. period. You think about the – and I'm in trucking, and and one of our biggest issues that we're involved with is truckers against trafficking. Human trafficking is so bad in this country. That, uh, that when they leave that southern border open, it, it, it just ramped right back up, yep. and it's getting worse. And, then, and, I, and I'm going to throw my people out there again. There is one word that's tied into all this mess, and that's China. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's the fentanyl problem that we have, it's coming straight from them. Or it's, it's the Chinese over here with the Confucius institutions mm-hmm. cramming the, the – the Ch- demanding that they are, they say who's on boards, what's being taught, how many Chinese people are coming over here to learn stuff, or whether it's the Chinese coming over here, taking our jobs at half the price, taking that intellectual property back to China, yep. producing this cheap Chinese crap, and then sending it back over here for us to buy Y'all, we've got to stop that. I say we limit every bit of the immigration right now until we straighten out the problems that we have right here in our country. And we've got to finish that wall down there and we gotta stop this chain migration crap that's going on. We we don't know how, I think they said in excess of what 1.4, 1.5 million people have come across that border either through being brought in as foreign pe- people into our country or just plain eyed illegals. Yeah. And that was just through August.
8: Yep.
4: Yeah, the number creeps closer and closer to $2 million every day with the fiscal year uh, coming to an end here in a few weeks. Uh, Mike, I want to stick with you. We're going to jump into the supply chain, transportation stuff right now. You know, that's, that's kind of your background and your specialty. Yeah, um, throw um, me in that
5: briar patch. Well, Well, here you go.
4: <laughs> you have probably one of the least qualified people in the history of the cabinet seat. Pete Buttigieg, right now up there. Yeah, if you're
5: gonna pick on Mayor Pete now, <clears throat> <laughs> and, and,
4: and you know it's it's definitely been <laughs> reflected in the stuff. We every week we have either him. Or we had a finance expert that came in last week and talked about the supply and demand. You know, the the Biden administration sat down with the heads of some of the larger uh, cable news networks. And you've seen people like Jim Cramer go on TV and say the economy, what did he say, It was better? Now, like, this is the roaring 20s all over again.
0: It's uh, basically the biggest joke you could ever make.
4: Yeah. Bad joke. What
7: planet are they living on? Yeah.
4: And and it's just one of those things right now where we're, we're kind of seeing all of those uh, Trump era policies that were dissolved. And and that has to do with, you know, regulating China tariffs across the board for everybody really hurting the American people, especially at the holidays. Everything is doubled and tripled the price from gas to fill your car or to heat your home all the way up to like food and toys that people are trying to buy their kids for Christmas. If they can find them and uh, coming from a guy that, 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 Works as you know in the supply chain. What do you see that's going on right now, and how do we get out of this mess?
5: I see that we have an administration that is bent on a miracle yeah. uh It's more of an identity politics uh, to put people in position than anything. You take poor old Mayor Pete. <laughs> uh, if you wanted me to give some advice to Pete, I'd say Pete, make sure to turn the light off when you leave mm. and just stay gone. Stay gone on maternity, paternity, whatever. Raise your kid, SP. come back in a couple years, and, and, and everything will be fine. Because you, he has no clue of what's going on. You talk about seven weeks, and we're going to pump out a truck driver. We're going to produce truck drivers in seven weeks. Do you realize that 98% of the trucking companies in this country are 20 trucks or less?
3: Mm.
5: Now, I'm, I'm around 115 trucks on the road. I have to have two years driving experience before I can put you in a truck. Now, what do you think those 98% out there are going to be able to do? And I, we can't do anything with these people they're pumping out every seven weeks. If they were to use some common sense, and, and I told uh, a couple of news agencies been three weeks ago how you could fix this problem in about five minutes, at least to alleviate the problems that we have right now. Right. But it, when you have people up there that don't understand hours of service and you have an administration that – has an ideological outlook of more regulation and the more we can beat you down, the better off we are and the more you will be subservient to us. You realize that the Trump administration, most people don't know this. We, I'm in the most regulated industry in the world. And if there's any bankers listening, we'll have to fight about that on a different day. Mm-hmm. But, but we, we are regulated to the teeth. And if it hadn't been for the Trump administration going in and fixing some of this hours of service mess that has been put on us, we would be in a whole lot worse shape today than what we are. But at least you had an administration that was working on regulations and reining in these dead bureaucrats that don't answer to a soul. And, uh, and that's one thing we got to address. We should be able to fire these people. Because all they do is sit up there, and if they can think of one more regulation and put a little feather in their cap, they think the better off they are.
4: Sure thing. They don't
5: They, they, they don't know anything about your business, probably never stepped foot in a trucking company parking lot, <laughs> but yet they're going to tell you how to run your business.
4: Yeah, and um, I think that was one of the day one things that we saw Trump really get into and start to rip down, and, and that's when you really started to see the economy uh, begin to boom under the the beginning of his presidency.
0: Well, it's like the uh, the trucking companies in California, right? Aren't they? Uh, if you're an owner operator, you're not allowed to be moving goods right now. No.
5: Oh wow! No. Well, if you have a truck, if you if you have a truck that's a certain age, yeah. you know, yeah. we don't we don't go to California. Good for you I, I do not lose anything in that state, and I have no desire to. I, I make enough money without going there now, to there put up go. with they have extra state regulations over and above the federal regs. Yep, and and, and I don't. I, we don't have to go there, so we choose not to.
4: Yeah, and you see a lot more people doing that blatantly now when they see all these regulations and red tape coming back. Well, and then you
0: wonder why the Long Beach port is just totally swamped right now. It's like, well, maybe if you hadn't precluded half the friggin' drivers from being able to move goods, just saying. It's
4: pretty funny. All of those regulations don't really count on all the trucks coming from Mexico, though, and probably in from Canada as well. Yep. They they just forget about those. Those are made out of baling wire and duct tape. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Joe, I, I want to jump over to national defense with you. Um, you know, we saw earlier this this year the debacle in Afghanistan. You can call it whatever you want, whether it was a withdrawal, retreat, just complete breakdown and everything that was kind of organized around and, and, and maybe having it go a little bit more successfully than when the administration took over. Um, all the way down to some of these things we're seeing now <clears> – <throat> In, in regards to the chain of command in the military, the Joint Chiefs and, and, and people like that, you know, Secretary Austin, uh, General Milley, and, and what they're kind of doing to uh, beat down the uh, armed forces men and women who are, who are out there proudly serving. Uh, we do have a lot of interaction with our military servicemen and women on this show. They, they listen. They interact with us. They tell us some real stuff that's going on. We've seen some interesting things in regard to COVID. You know, we have people reach out that were either in the Army, the Marines, the Air Force, and they say, like, when it comes down to, like, Dr. Fauci and the Surgeon General— the people who are have moved up into positions where it becomes more of a upholding the Constitution or less of upholding the Constitution and more of lobbying for who's ever president in your current place, that, that they're taking these guys' actions as like words of God, coming from God. And, and they're really trying to push that whole... In addition to the COVID narrative, the wokeness into the military and, and people just really don't like it. You, we, we get a lot of feedback saying people aren't enlisting. They're not putting in for promotion and they're going to yeah. get out after their current, you know, uh, uh, contracts right now because they just don't feel like, you know, the, the heart of the country is into it. So how can they put their heart into it? Joe, what do, what do you see going on with the military right now? And how do you feel that that would be the best way to get back to supporting these guys and really propping them up the way President Trump did in his four years in office?
6: So, I mean, right now it's it's a disaster. Some of the hardest conversations I have with people uh, in the district are are young men and women who are, you know, 18 and they're telling me, hey, it's been my dream to enlist in the military my entire life or my dream to apply for an ROTC or a West Point or Annapolis gig. And right now I don't, I don't want to, what should I do it? They asked me that point blank and I had a very positive for all the bad things that happened um, in the global war on terror at like a strategic level. And then what happened to me personally with my late wife, I had a very positive experience in the military and for a long time. I recommended, especially young men, hey, I think it's a good thing to go do. You don't have to make a career out of it, but it's a good thing. There's some great opportunities there. But now it's it's hard for me to have that conversation because I have to say, look, man, I, right now, I wouldn't go in.
3: Um,
6: because I think at big picture, what the Biden administration has wanted to do since day one is they've wanted to use the military because Biden is the commander in chief. He has the most control over the federal branches of government, but especially the military. He wanted to use that to implement total control, which is what he's pushing for for our entire society, especially if you look at the way what they're doing with COVID lockdowns. But the military is what he started with first. And so to get total control, he needed to understand and figure out who was going to be loyal to not the Constitution, but to him. So the first thing he did was he appointed a guy like Lloyd Austin, who is a notorious yes man, a former defense contractor, who's part of the war machine. And he said, hey, go in there and the first thing you're going to say is that the military has an extremist crisis and we need to have a stand down. Austin goes and does that and says that we have this threat of white supremacy in in our ranks, which is insane because white Austin, and I'm not saying he never experienced any racism, but he rose to the rank of four-star general. He's a a graduate of the military academy. Um, I worked under him in Iraq. I think he's generally kind of incompetent. However, he did raise to that rank as an African-American. And so he goes, he comes back as a civilian and says, well, all you guys are racist. It doesn't make any sense because, you know, he, he, he held that rank at one point in time, but then they start going through people's social media profiles. They enact this uh, new procedure with the security uh, clearance process to determine if you were ever part of an extremist group. An extremist group can be defined as libertarians, as Trump supporters, et cetera. Oh. But then because that takes a little bit of time, they use the vaccine very offensively. They went in there and they said, okay, it's going to be binary. You are going to take the vaccine or you'll be kicked out of the military because that's even better than going through someone's social media profile that gives you the the key piece of data that you need for control. And is that, will you submit to exactly what I say when I say it? And so now they've been able to take this vaccine and put it in people's faces and say, you will take this or I will kick you out. And they're purging the military that way. They're, they're making it so that good patriotic young men and women don't want to come in. And then they're taking the most battle-hardened force. Like, the war on terror went horribly because of the things that the generals, the military industrial complex, our politicians did. Yeah. But right now, we have the most battle-hardened force that we've ever had. It's mm-hmm. an all-volunteer army. Most people volunteered to do multiple deployments. This isn't like any other war where we drafted our force, they got battle experience, and then they all got out of the military and they went back to civilian life. We've had 20 years of guys and girls raising their right hands and going into combat. And we should have an extremely proficient military right now. But what they're doing is they're killing morale, they're forcing out a lot of the the type A's, they're forcing out fighter pilots, they're forcing out SEALs, they're forcing out Green Berets. My old community, the Army Special Operations community, I get friends reaching out to me all the time that are – over the 10 year mark so the military is definitely a career for them but a lot of them are getting out and these are guys that have you know 10 15 combat deployments in some cases this is this is the institutional knowledge that we don't want to lose going into a competition potentially hopefully not but potentially with China and China and all of our adversaries but especially China they see our weakness they saw what just happened in Afghanistan they know the full scope of Joe Biden's foreign policy resume, which is a, which was abysmal before he ever set foot in the White House as vice president and then especially as president. It was bad enough. And then the way that Afghanistan was handled and the way that uh, Secretary, of, or um, excuse me, Joint Chief of Staff Milley yeah. has really developed this really weird, completely and totally illegal relationship with senior members of the Chinese Communist Party where he's having, he's bragging about having phone calls with them where he's saying, I'll give you advanced warning if, if we're going to attack you because, you know, <laughs> Trump's bad or something. That
0: seems okay, right? Um, yeah.
6: Like, yeah, right. I, I know. Like, it, it, It's just that and the fact that the Chinese really control, like, like Mike pointed out, our economy, yep. they have control of our supply lines right now. They're testing these nuclear, these advanced nuclear weapons that we're saying okay. caught us off guard. So, I, I mean, I think we are in a very bad way to get that back on track. I mean, we have to, Get rid of a lot of this current leadership that's in the military at at the the uniform and the civilian level. We have to have accountability for what happened in Afghanistan. And I think, you know, start to walk that back, start with the withdrawal and then start going all the way back, have a full Afghan war commission, point out a lot of the relationships between the military industrial complex, the Pentagon proper guys like Lloyd Austin, these people need to be held accountable and we have to have that. Otherwise, the military is going to continue to be this institution that we just we can't trust or rely on anymore. And our enemies will exploit that. And then I think we have to get back to really just concentrating on warfighting skills. No more. This whole woke agenda is its just absolutely corrosive. The military is one of the best. Um, I would say merit-based systems that we have in our country. I mean, I I went in the army in ninety eight and retired in twenty eighteen. And it was always, hey, you you have to prove your merits based on who you are. When you come in the military, nobody cares what your background was. You are all equally worthless. Like that was the that was the mantra. (laughs) And and I think that's a great thing. We need to get back to that. Like prove your merits, get back to your core competencies as war fighting, have the to have Congress provide more oversight, I think the reason why things went so off the rails in the global war on terror, there's multiple reasons, but a big reason is that Congress was just asleep at the wheel. Yeah. They weren't doing any oversight. I want to see aggressive oversight in everything that's going on in the military right now.
4: Yeah, no, that's, that's 100%. And, and I know by oversight, you don't mean like committees, yeah. like the January 6th one <laughs> nah, or, or now. The, the, no, I
6: mean, I mean, asking these guys hard, hard, uh, hard questions. Yeah. We need more guys in there. Like Matt Gates does a really good job on the armed services committee. Um, when Millie and those guys come of actually asking them difficult questions and then going and doing our due diligence and saying, you owe it to the American people to show us how you're spending. I mean, the military is our biggest, that's what we spend the most money on, right. most taxpayer dollars on. Show us what we're getting for that. And it can't be that we have ships that burn in the port of San Diego and the, and the crew is not proficient enough to put out the fire when we're potentially going to go to war in the South China Sea. Like that's just 100% the wrong answer. And things like the Afghan withdrawal bots drone strikes 13 of our soldiers getting killed on the way out like mm-hmm. those things must be accounted for and they can't we can't just continue to gloss over those and say oh well well things happen now let's go back to teaching uh, diversity and equity and putting out more uh, Twitter posts about the first all gay helicopter crew. Yeah.
0: Right. Let's, let's get some, uh, oh, let's pay I mean. for some gender reassignment too, couldn't, while we're at it.
4: Couldn't imagine that party, yeah. party copter going flying around.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh man. Maybe
4: they played fortunate
0: son or something else.
4: No. <laughs> how, how dare you identify him as a son. <laughs> Mike, you know, we saw the uh, a senior Chinese foreign minister today come out and say that the uh, China and Russia are going to be sitting down, uh, unilaterally, to discuss how you know America's arbitrary interference into human rights issues and accusations versus both of those countries, which include all the way down to military intervention, is going to be. You know, talked about in an upcoming summit that the two nations have coming up here. Piggybacking off of what Joe said in regards to the military, I know there's a lot of men and women who serve in uh, the great state of Georgia. What do you feel like, you know, part of the solution is, in addition to what Joe said, could be getting these military guys back up and uh, on their feet and and having us proudly, uh, you know, look at them in the way they were during the Trump administration?
5: You know, I I think Joe hit the nail on the head on what he was talking about, about as far as the wokeness. And uh, the way that they have tried to implement that into the military, but what I like to bring is is my side of the equation to the military, and that's the fact that you take a look at all of these endless wars that we have been in with no end in sight, and, and you got to ask yourself what's going on here from a business standpoint. Mm-hmm. And and every time something comes up, what is the first thing we do? We rattle our sabers, and by God, we're going to. Buy all this equipment and defense and we're going to go to war. You know, you realize that the, the, the suits over in the Pentagon, they wind up in the defense contractor's boardroom. And, and the way, if you really want to defeat China and you really want to defeat Russia, the way you do it is the economy. You beat them with the economy. You know, you, you go in and, and we, we get our debt under control. We, we get this deficit that we have. In the budget, and you start making China irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Russia, easy way to do that. Our Keystone pipeline had them by the, you by can, the throat. You can for, say it. For about a, I'll <laughs> hold <home> it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It had them down. Russia, it, that's the whole reason with Russia in the Ukraine right now, is because of that Nordstrom pipeline over there. Yep. You know, it, it, as long as Trump and he Trump I mean, the guy was smart. He had them sanctioned where they wouldn't finish the Stream pipeline. The pipeline runs underground through Ukraine to get to the rest of Europe. So if, if 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 Russia wanted to invade Ukraine, you know what they were gonna do? They were gonna bomb up and tear up the pipeline. Yep. Russia couldn't afford that. Now we got Biden and, and, and the sanctions are off, hey go budge Stream <laughs> pipeline. What's the first thing they do? They line up at the border. Yep. What's the first thing we do? Man, we got to rattle our sabers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you It got was a pe- pretty easy fix. So yeah, that, that's the part, the aspects I look at. Yeah,
0: generated a whole other group of people that are claiming asylum at the United States now, too.
5: Oh, imagine that. So,
4: and they're going to have valid claims when you have people on uh, Senate committee hearings last week saying that they uh, are not taking using tactical nukes off the table right. against Russia on the Ukraine border.
0: Well, the other thing is, With all these government people that go into, like, defense contracting and, let's say, government people that end up working for these pharmaceutical companies on another topic there, it's like, I feel like if you're in some of these jobs, like, you should have to sign some sort of, like, agreement where you're, like, you're here to do this job. You don't, like, for X amount of years after you finish this job, you're not allowed to go into something directly involved contradicting of what you're supposed to be doing right now
4: yeah. yeah i was watching you know i've been watching that well i just finished that series dope sick on
0: uh, oh that's loop, really good
4: it is good but there's that one point where they're trying to build the case against big pharma and they're talking to those two ladies and, and you know they clear the room and they're like i don't understand you're telling me that like these people work for the pharmacy companies they develop the drugs and then they retire and immediately go work for the lobby groups to make sure they get the max amount of money possible and she's like yes and he's like, that doesn't make any sense. And she's like, yes, but it's totally legal. Yeah. So, you know, that, and, and, you know, they just kind of put it out there as, as some of the stuff they're doing. Guys, I got, I'm down to our last two topics here. I want to I get you guys to weigh in on both of these because I think they're very important, uh, you know, and, and we'll, we won't keep you guys too long. Uh, weaponization of the federal agencies uh, over the last couple of months, especially Ooh, since yeah. the beginning of the administration. Joe, I'm going to jump to you first. You know, you've seen stuff with, with the FBI being involved uh, all the way up to things with Governor Whitmer in Michigan. Uh, we're getting to the bottom of stuff that happened on January 6th. Who knows what else is going on? Uh, you know, we have FBI groups that are now infiltrating uh, PTA meetings. And, uh, you know, we did see a lot of coordination in the 2020 presidential election stemming from that time article where big tech, uh, labor unions, oh, yeah. the teachers unions all kind of got together to just smear the president as much as he can with the help of the FDA, the NIH and the CDC in regards to saying the president was dropping the ball in the COVID narrative. We all know that's not the truth because. You know, even though it's something we take very seriously, it never was what they told us it was. And, uh, you know, w- we're kind of there. These federal agencies have not been regulated in any way, shape or form. There was some news, Joe, I saw you touched on it about a week ago in regards to the CIA. You can get into that a little bit if you want. Um, but, but I, wa- I want to get both of your opinions on, on how we could hold these. You know, you see people like Merrick Garland, who is complete revenge hire you know, on behalf of this administration for what happened with him during the Obama administration in the Supreme Court, uh, you know, just playing stupid and acting like a disheveled old man. And whether or not that's the case, the people around him are definitely doing things to hurt the American people uh, via the offices of, uh, you know, the highest levels of government. So what do you think?
6: Yeah, I mean, this is another thing that we are have to tackle right away in uh, 23 is we're going to have to have we're gonna have to bring the national security state to heel. Essentially, a church committee 2.0, and yeah. I think there's some really good starting points. I mean, one of the best things I think that President Trump ever said. One of the truest things was, "There, it's not me after it's you. I'm just in the way." Yep. And that was kind of cute, kind of funny. But if you look at the way that Russia Gate broke down, I think this is a great thing to come back to when we have a church committee 2.0. Oh yeah, Russia Gate was specifically designed to get rid of Trump to take out Trump. It was the DNC-funded opposition research, but then that was injected into our intelligence community, the most potent potent tools that we have from the National Security Agency. All the different three-letter agencies were weaponized against Trump. It ruined the life of Michael Flynn, Carter Page, Papadopoulos. The list goes on. But really, I think for a while, for a lot of Americans, they they, they didn't see that. They thought maybe this was some sort of insider campaign thing. And really, the FBI, they wouldn't target them. And then we see what happens with COVID and the way that that the system has been weaponized against us, all the lies that have come through from the COVID lockdowns that aren't even letting up. And then now we see the head of the DOJ has referred to parents that have the audacity to show up at a school board meeting as domestic terrorists. Mm -hmm. And they lied about that. They said that wasn't the case. And then they got caught red handed and then look no further than January 6th with what they will do. If you go against the narrative, if you do something that the, the regime doesn't like, if they can't. Turn you into a Mike Flynn or a Carter Page, they will just simply lock you up and throw away the key. The folks that were involved in whatever went down on January 6th, a riot, um, or people that just were present on the Capitol, have been detained since January 6th up until now. There's somewhere between, I don't know, I think around 50 sitting in D.C. And then throughout the country, there's another 100 or so more yeah. that have been detained, it's denied of their constitutional rights. Uh, both Mike and I actually are the two only two political candidates. In the country that attended the justice for january 6 rally and spoke at it back in september yeah. and it, it was obviously it was a circus because the capitol police overreacted they had probably more police officers there <laughs> uniformed and and undercover mike and i got to watch the uh, the famous video kind of unfold of the capitol police arresting the the undercover fed but we we bo- we both made our voices heard that hey this can't happen here in america And I think it's extremely scary because I spent a lot of time in the third world and political uh, arrests would happen. People would get disappeared because they went against the regime. And I thought that that was something that would never happen in America. It's something that every single veteran's ever fought for has been to preserve our system. That if you're accused of a crime, you get the access to due process. You're assumed to be innocent until proven guilty. And that has not been the case at all with these January 6th political uh, detainees that are still being denied their constitutional rights. And so that right there is the direction that things are heading if we don't get this under control and January 6th, I mean, the committee right now is targeting, you know, Steve Bannon, who was on the (laughs) air, filming a podcast during January 6th. They're going after Mark Meadows. They're going after anybody that they can try and make an example out of, but they won't release all the tapes from January 6th. They still won't tell us how many undercover informants that they had leading up to January 6th, even though that they were releasing intelligence bullets and saying, Hey, we have, we have intelligence. That says that there's going to be this some sort of a riot and they didn't take any preparations to prepare for it and yet that the riot still took place and there was key members that were directing people to go to different points to access the capital those guys haven't been arrested ray epps that guy no. hasn't been arrested yeah. Stuart rhodes he hasn't been arrested i mean the, these people are publicly known militia leaders that are supposed to be part of these very scary militias yet Somehow we're worried about what Steve Bannon was saying on his podcast and not these guys who were directing people to go and enter the Capitol. So the the national security state has not been honest whatsoever with the American people. The only way that we can fix this is to actually bring it up, lay it all out. I think using January 6th and using Russiagate as starting points for intelligence community reform and actually holding people accountable. If anybody from the, the intelligence community took that opposition research and they put it into FISA warrants, they need to be held accountable. They need to go to jail. One hundred percent. The people that have, been, that have been lying to us and maybe it, the FBI officers that paid informants to instigate a riot on January 6th, they need to be held accountable too. And yeah. so I, we just have to lay it all out. This has to happen. If we're going to continue to give these institutions power, there has to be accountability behind that.
4: Yeah, one hundred percent. I I I don't. I didn't disagree with anything you said, and it it goes a lot deeper than just the face value. You know, every time. You know people on the left or or some of the people in the legacy media want to kind of get away from that narrative of stuff that's really going on all they have to do is start talking about donald trump and show a video of file footage of january 6th and it kind of just distracts the, the casual politics follower into saying like oh yeah you know you know they, they try to pull on those heartstrings mike why don't you try to piggyback off of what joe was saying you know you, you've been up there uh, right on the front with him and, and what, what do you see going on with these agencies and how we could probably better you know regulate them and hold them accountable
5: the one of the major threats to this country is the weaponizing of our national security agencies, where they have turned inwards to where they are. They are looking at the American citizens. You know, we started with the FISA courts what, back in the '30s, yeah, and then under the the, the, the Patriot Act, where they came up with this FISC, and and that's what they're using. We need to reform this Patriot Act. We need to have congressional oversight of these secret courts. You know, the DOJ, I think I heard not too long ago, did an audit on on I don't know how many of the the, the court rulings and found problems with every one of them. Mm. It has become nothing but a rubber stamp for these agencies to use to spy on the American people. That's why that's why they would to call the J6 uh, prisoners domestic terrorists. Yeah. They're political prisoners. They're not domestic terrorists. That is so that they can go and get metadata on every one of them. Mm-hmm. And, and I think another thing, Kent was right. He was, he was hitting the nail on the head. We need to know what role the FBI played in J6 in January 6th. Because they were obviously involved with it.
0: Of course. Well, you got to play Where's uh, Waldo uh, with them on the freaking video. It's like, oh, there's one.
5: If the
4: videos are ever
0: released. Well, yeah.
5: I think that's, that's one of the enough. things... I think that's one of the things that Joe is hitting on heavy too a few minutes ago when when and 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 believe me y'all that this red wave is coming as oh, big yeah. oh yeah and and the red wave is going to be filled with good, true patriots, conservatives to the core, patriots. And when we get the new Congress in and we get rid of these dead blame establishments and these rhinos up there. We're going to have a solid Republican caucus that is going to have oversight in every committee. And we're going to have oversight and we're going to look into everything that is according to what your committee has oversight on. And we're going to get to the bottom of not just this, but a lot of stuff in this country. It is it is time to look at this. And this is a huge, huge problem in our country.
4: Yeah, it certainly is, and, and it's one of those things moving forward. Uh, and, and it touches on the last topic I'm going to talk to you, both of these guys. It's these committees and, and hearings that we constantly see that go nowhere. Uh, Matt Gates made a pretty impassioned speech last week when he took the stage with Marjorie Taylor Greene, Dr. Gosar, and a couple others talking about how this incoming red wave and hopefully a supermajority in the midterms is going to be something like, you know, the beltway has never seen before. It's not going to be, I'm going to go up in these committee hearings and yell and scream. So Laura Ingram or Sean Hannity plays it on their show for a couple of days. And then it goes nowhere. There's going to be some real accountability. There's going to be some subpoenas served. And hopefully like you guys both suggested, people are going to be going to jail. That all starts and ends with the strong leader in the house of representatives. Now, I would say an overwhelming majority of the people that we've had on this show, and it's everybody from like Teddy Daniels, Steve Cara, both of you guys, Anthony Sabatini, the list goes on and on of of strong people we've had, but for the ones that are already there, we're going to have to get behind somebody to eventually be Speaker of the House. Now, there's been names floated out there, everyone from Matt Gates to Jim Jordan and all the way down to President Trump, who I all think are more than qualified to do it. Even if it's for Trump 100 days, like Steve Bannon has suggested on his show, he's gotten the backing of that from Mark Meadows. You've heard Matt Gaetz suggested as well. And then get out and jump on the campaign trail for the 2024 presidential elections. Um, Mike, I'll start with you and then we'll segue over to Joe. What do you feel, uh, you know, goes into that having that speaker of the house be as strong as they need to be. And then I'll, I'll segue to you for like a one B of that question, uh, leader in the Senate. I, I don't think that either one of you guys are going to be hitching your wagons to Mitch McConnell uh, moving forward. What, what do you see maybe uh, going on up there as well?
5: I think there's going to be an opportunity. I, I don't think there's just going to be an opportunity. I think you're going to see a change in leadership period. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've been stating that since uh, since I got on this campaign. Uh, it, you know, you, you've. My dad always told me the, the, the road to the poorhouse is paved with good intentions. <laughs> and 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 they the leadership we have in the Republican they may have some good intentions. I don't know, but but their leadership skills are not there. You take those thirteen people that Joe mentioned a while back that voted for that stinking infrastructure bill. Yep, piece of junk bill. Why weren't they held accountable? Well, you know, somebody told me last week. Well, it wasn't but two in leadership. Well, you know what? It don't take you to make an example out of one. Mm-hmm. Get the rest of them fall in line. But you, you need to start holding people accountable for these bad votes. And and we need new leadership in the house. Uh, hey, I I I'm I'm wholeheartedly looking. I think Congressman Banks probably make a good one too.
4: Yeah, you're right there. You're right there. And and you, you want to know what the The sad part about it is we're seeing it more prevalently now because... Leadership at the top has changed. So, you know, it, it's going to take people in like the uh, Freedom Caucus or, or ones who are really conservative to go out there and, and really document these ones in the House and Senate who are continuously voting with these bills. However, like we've all touched on throughout the course of this, this is something that started with the Never Trumpers during the Trump administration. And it would just be like, oh, well, you know, they're not towing party lines because they don't agree with the president. They don't agree with what he said. They think he's racist on Mexico. They think he's, you know, bad on calling China virus, China virus, and stuff like that. But now we're actually seeing that it didn't have anything to do with the president. It's their special interests. It's their lobby groups. It's pork tied into bills. And the fact that they know when these committees pull them up in front of it and ask them the questions, the questions are going to be softballs. And the next day, they all get to go back to work consequence free. So I, I definitely think it's it's great that, Mike, you see a real strong change in leadership going on. Joe, I want to ask you no,
5: Go ahead. Well, yeah, you know, I, I just want to add to that real quick. Sure. too. I tell people when I finish up speaking, you, you know, the time for civility, the time for compromise, the time for bipartisanship, man, all that's out the door. Yes. That's done for. You better send real warriors to Congress. You have the opportunity to. We don't have the opportunity just to put an R in a seat. We got an opportunity to put the right R in the seat. Mm. And that is a true patriot warrior that knows that he is or she is going to Congress. You may not make it for two years. If these people can do what they did to Donald Trump, man, Lord help. Well, just think what they can do to somebody in Congress. But you better go with the understanding that you're going to put it all on the line. And you may, you may be torn down and you may be shipped back in a box in two years. But as long as you go with that attitude, then you will succeed. And that is what we are seeing out there across the country. People like me, people like Joe, people like Sabatini, there's a number of us out there.
4: Yeah, it definitely is. And uh, you know, it's one of those things, like you said, even if it means you're only gonna be there for two years, you're gonna have your resume to go off of just like President Trump had when it comes to the, you know, foreign relations, getting out of treaties, securing the border, strong military, like all of those things are fact. Whether or not you like the way he did it or said it, how as much as he improved the overallness of the country during his time in office, is unparalleled and not up for debate. And Joe, I wanna ask you the same thing. Leadership in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, I don't see you hooking your wagon to his hitch and then down in the house of representatives what are some of the things you're seeing maybe as a uh, speaker of the house moving forward yeah
6: i mean i i love the idea of speaker trump so i would fully <laughs> would su- fully amazing. support that but then after that I, I mean if it's if it's not gonna be trump or trump just does 100 days we have to pick a fighter and we oh, have yeah. some great fighters who are battle battle-hardened and they're tested i mean you got Matt gage you got paul gosar yeah. you got martin taylor green the list goes on. Jim Banks is another great one. Uh, Jim Jordan. I know he says he doesn't want to do it, but he'd be a great one as well. It's got to be a fighter. And for all the obvious reasons, but something I just, I just want to point out that when you go out and you talk to real people, real Republican voters, or even Republicans, that are, people that have just come over to our side mm-hmm. recently, none of them are, are, they don't wake up in the morning and check the news feed to hear what Kevin McCarthy, to hear what mitch mcconnell nope. lindsey graham all these compromised republicans Jamie her other they're not waking up in the morning and being like oh man what'd that guy say about bill back better i want to hear the moderate republican uh take on that what, what's the never trump take on china right now no one wants to hear that the driving con- who is driving the conversation is it's matt gates it's mtg it's Gosar, it's the it's the actual fighters that are out there donald trump is putting out press releases on a daily basis through surrogates to get on social media because people want to know what Trump has to say about these issues because he's still, whether or not the establishment likes it or not, he is still polling at 95% approval rating amongst people that identify as Republicans, and that's just folks that identify as Republicans. I think if you take Trump Trump's name off of it, and you just say what the policy is to a lot of independents, they're going to nod their heads and say, oh, yeah, that's what I want to hear. Yep. No one is longing to hear the Mitch, the Mitch McConnell nuanced take on why we had to compromise something. There's not a Republican out there that wants to hear that. So we have to bring that to, uh, do how we choose and select our leaders. Cause the, the old conventional logic is that we have to have this guy who kind of sits like right in the middle because he can still cut deals with the other side and he can really, you know, rein in all those really boisterous people that yeah. are over there on the, the far right or the new right or whatever you want to call us. I think that old logic is completely flawed because really what's the record of that old logic. It's, it's just surrender and compromise. Look no further than the first two years of the Trump administration. We had a mandate from the American people for the America first agenda. And you had Paul Ryan and Mm. all those clowns, Mitch McConnell, who did nothing but thwart thwart the will of the American people. So when we go back and we take back, we we have this red wave. We have to reflect the will of the American people, or we will be unworthy of the mandate that they have given us. And then we should be primaried. (laughs)
4: 100%. I mean, the days of, we're going to try and repeal Obamacare and we'll try to lower your taxes are over. Yeah. Those days are over. Yeah. That, that, that is no longer the Republican platform and, and amnesty for illegals. We'll, we'll get to a deal that stops as many coming in, but we're going to give everybody green cards in the path to citizenship. Yeah. Th- those days are over. All right. I'm going to, we're, we're wrapping up with you guys here, Mike. I want to give you the opportunity, quick closing statement. And then at the end, please social media is where our listeners can find you.
5: Well, uh, first of all, I appreciate the opportunity to be on here with you. You know, I, I, I like to tell folks I'm, I'm 54 years old. I've, uh, I've been in the trucking business for over 30 years mm. and, and done pretty dang good at what I do. Mm. And, uh, and our two sons run our business now. So my wife and I, we had planned on traveling and seeing the country. And, and, and I didn't choose this fight, but it chose me. And we are, we are going to take this fight to U.S. Congress. We're going to Washington, D.C. We're going to win our race. And by God, we're going to take our country back. If, you, if you're looking for somebody to go up there and wants to go out to eat with the lobbyists and, and go to the parties at nighttime with the folks, I'm, I'm not your guy. I'm not a management. I'm a fixer. I'm an entrepreneur that will go and build or fix whatever needs to be fixed. And they know Mikey will come on back to Georgia. And if that's something you want to see, we could use your help because these oh, these races are not cheap. They're ridiculously expensive. But uh, you can find us at mikecollinsga.com. You can use mikecollinsga and you can float across any of the social medias as long as they don't put me back in jail. They actually put my not only my campaign in Facebook jail, but they put my company in Facebook jail. Wow. Uh, you, you want to get that's another subject I'd love to get on one day. But you can find us at MikeCollinsGA.com. I would love to have you vote. I'd love to have you support if you live in the 10th district. And uh, we look forward to going up there and fighting a good fight in Congress for you.
4: I like it. And you want to know what? You're not totally wrong. If everything goes as planned, after the midterms, you and your wife are still going to get to travel and see parts of the country. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Joe, why don't you tell our listening audience... Closing remarks and then where they could find you across socials.
6: Yeah, I mean, closing remarks, I, I think everyone uh, throughout the country right now, they see what the stakes are, sp- particularly if you're in Washington State in, in our third congressional district here, you know the stakes. The the left, the regime, Inslee, Biden, they want complete and total control of your life. And just like Mike said, I, I didn't choose this fight either. I, I served this country, fought overseas, 11 combat deployments, a little over 21 years uh, after my late wife was killed um, because of a policy failure by unelected bureaucrats. I really just intended to come back here to the Pacific Northwest and get my kids closer to my family and raise my kids. But seeing the tactics that are being used against the American people, the tactics of an authoritarian regime, the same types of tactics that I fought against overseas – I realized I had to step back up once again. So I am up against an impeachment voter. She voted for the impeachment of President Trump. She voted to leave our southern border wide open. She voted to let Antifa and DLM continue to burn our cities here. She voted against uh, having Trump deploy the National Guard to quell that violence. And that violence has continued to this day. It is affecting this district. She voted to keep Obamacare intact. She voted to continue the bloodbath meat grinders of our endless wars along Along the, the, uh, within the ranks of Liz Cheney and the Neocons. So she is an establishment Republican that only benefits the permanent ruling class and whether that's the pharmaceutical companies or whether that's the military industrial complex. She votes with them every single time. So thanks to the message and us getting out there and meeting people in the district, we're actually doing quite well uh, in the polling, as we pointed out earlier. But what we need is we, we do need funds, unfortunately, because like Mike pointed out, these are very expensive. I'm running against the Republicans. So most of the traditional GOP backers, they don't want to touch my campaign. Uh, and I'm also running against the left. There's a Democrat in second place right now. The mm-hmm. left thinks, because we're right between Portland and Seattle, that they have a shot here. So I'm up against two major political machines and their money. So Joe Kent for is where people can go to uh, to support us. So five, ten, fifteen dollars really helps us push back against the establishment.
4: Yeah, our, our listenership is just amazing in regards, and, and it doesn't matter if they live in the state or not. If they support the candidate and their message, they're going to be supporting them in any way they can, and that includes financially. Gentlemen, this has been awesome. Joe, it's your second time. Mike, your first. Mike, we hope that, uh, like Joe, you'll be willing to come back. And, Joe, obviously we're always going to invite you on the show. We'd love to hear what you say. You know, your, your campaign has is, is, is just blossomed like, like Mike's is really starting to now. You guys are getting the message out there. You guys are doing the FaceTime. You guys are taking the time to – like with us today, sit down with the uh, just regular folks and let them know that you guys are out there working to represent them. And uh, we'd love to have both of you guys back.
5: Yeah. Thanks Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Good to see you, Mike. (laughs) See you. Good to see you, Jeff.
4: Mike Collins running in Georgia 10, Joe Kent running in Washington three, America first Trump policy backed candidates killing it right now. And joining us today on this Tuesday edition of steak for breakfast, gentlemen, thank you very much. Best of luck in the campaigns.
6: Thanks
4: fellas. Take care. Joining us now, circling back on this Tuesday edition of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. He's the host of Thrive Time Show. He's also the uh, former Oklahoma Young SBA Entrepreneur of the Year. He's an author. He's an artist. But more importantly, he's a friend. Mr. Clay Clark, welcome back to Steak for Breakfast.
2: Guys, I really do appreciate you allowing me to to be here with you. And uh, uh, I have to ask you, tell me about the name Steak for Breakfast. Where did the name come from?
4: came from one of our, f- our former co-hosts who was the creator of the show. It was a little bit more of a variety than news, interviews, and politics, which it's kind of morphed into. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's turned out on our end to be an algorithm beater, so we don't get banned anywhere, although we do on our social medias for what we, you know, put out as legitimate content, even though the fact checkers don't like it. As mm-hmm. far as our podcasts go, we're, well, as you would say, thriving wow. on every podcast like platform right now. Bam!
2: That's well, it. I am ready to be interrogated by you two great investigative journalists. Nice.
4: Perfect. All right, let's get right down to it. Uh, right now, the Reawaken American tour is doing amazing. Uh, we, we do have a clip that we're going to be playing today on our show uh, once we're not with you in regards to the news, some, some clips of Eric Trump uh, as he spoke at the most recent one. Why don't you give us an update on the tour? Tell us where you've been, where you're going, and, and some of the great guests that have joined on along the way. Well, uh, this,
2: is, uh, this is something powerful for people to understand. You know, people ask me, um, you know, what, what can I do? Or, or what is the purpose of going to this? So let's just talk about this event. I'm going to contrast this event to uh, maybe going to a, a Chiefs uh, NFL football game or okay. a New England Patriots game or something. At the Patriots game, at a Chiefs game, at a Steelers game, whatever, you're in the crowd, you're cheering for your team. Woo! At this event, you are the team. Hmm. I like it. Yeah. So you're coming to the event. And so, you know, a lot of people that attended the event are now speaking at the event. You say what? Yeah. So as an example, there were many doctors who came up to me at the first reawaken America tour event. We did in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the time it was called the reopen America tour. Mm-hmm. And these doctors came up to me, desperation in their eyes saying clay, I have literally treated thousands of COVID patients and no one is dying. And I said, what are you using? And they said, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, budesonide. Um, and then, you know, so they said, well, how can I get involved? What can I do? How can I amplify my voice? How can I let everybody know that COVID-19 is 100% treatable using budesonide, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine? Those doctors are now speaking at these events. Moms came up to us in Tulsa and said, hey, I want to fight against the mask mandates in Iowa. What can I do? I introduced them to attorneys and doctors. Next thing you know, these ladies who are emboldened, empowered, inspired by General Flynn They met with the governor of Iowa and got the masks taken off the kids. These are real. uh, You know, you have attorneys like Thomas Renz, who was once in the audience. Now, Thomas Renz is suing Fauci. Nice. And he's coming to the event to give us updates. Uh, Employers are coming to me saying, Clay, I am looking to hire great Americans that are being canceled because they don't want to take the RNA modifying nanotechnology. Now, these employers are coming to the events and they're hiring People that have been awakened to the truth of what's in the RNA-modifying nanotechnology, graphene oxide-filled COVID-19 vaccines, they're hiring them. So if you go to -to timetofreeamerica.com, what you're seeing is election fraud, medical fraud, religious fraud, monetary fraud, and mainstream media fraud is all being exposed. Again, election fraud, medical fraud, religious fraud, mainstream media fraud, monetary fraud, all being exposed. I I went to the Reawaken America Tour. True story, guys. I go in, in between speakers. You know, I'm always trying to make sure we're on time, right, making right. sure all the live streaming partners are, are it's working, things are happening. Um, I'm making sure the lighting, the audio. The, I just I have a checklist of things I'm constantly checking because I produce the show, I MC the show, et cetera. And I, I I go backstage. Joe Bon Pulitzer's back there. Mm. The inventor mm. of the QR code is back there. The guy leading the election fraud. He's not even a speaker at this one. He just was there. And then I look and I see what. Mickey Willis, the guy who made the Plandemic series that woke people up to the agenda of the COVID-19 Great Reset agenda. Then I look and I'm seeing Dr. McCullough is having a lighthearted conversation with a praise and worship leader whose music's getting to the top of the charts. All I can say is the remnant is gathering America is not going to lose. I am seeing people being emboldened and inspired to do what is required. And that to me is encouraging. And that's why we're hosting these events. And that's why if you go to time2freeamerica.com and you want to request a ticket right now for the Phoenix January 14th and 15th Reawaken America Tour, that's why you can name your price. That's why we're going to always allow you to name your price. I don't want anybody to not be able to afford this event because of a financial constraint. All you have to do is go to time2freeamerica.com, simply request a ticket. And then we're going to find a scholarship price option that works for everybody. And I know people buying tickets for as little as $6. It's not about the money. It's about saving this country. Nice. Yeah,
4: it Mm -hmm. certainly is. And that's definitely one of the things that, you know, we can attribute that, that you're doing. You, you've, from where it started and where it's at, the group has gotten so diverse. Um, It's like you said, there's people from the media, there's people from all religious aspects of the, the movement. You, you've got, doctors and nurses and lawyers and uh, some of the, some of the greatest Patriots that have either ever served or, or been part of, you know, the, the, prior administration, all, they are talking. It's such a diverse event where you could hear so many different points of view, but it seems like the message is the same. Let's get this country back on track. Let's, let's go out and save America. Um, what do you, what do you think some of the, now this is something you might not get asked as much. What are some of the challenges of running an event like this?
2: <laughs> okay. Well, let me just say how we do it. Step one is um, I I need to find a venue. So if you're listening right now and you are in a state or a city and you're saying, I would love to bring a Reawaken America tour to my city. It starts with, we need to find a venue that can accommodate 2,000 people or more, preferably a church because these globalist companies, these public-private partnership events centers, they want you to wear a mask. They want you to do temperature checks. They Mm -hmm. don't want to have the venue full. So you've got to find a church that where the pastor is philosophically on board with the idea of the reawakened America tour. So that's challenge one. Challenge two is uh the speakers that we bring on are wonderful people, and they're all uh they, they're, they're putting their mission over their ego. Uh-huh. So that's how I decide who to bring on these events. I just people who are unapologetically sharing the truth who put the mission over ego. But you guys probably know this. There's people that definitely should not be speaking, that are fake you can yep. smell it uh-huh. and they call and they want to join the tour and they're aggressive about. It. Uh-huh. And they will go, "Oh no, we'll pay, we'll pay for a spot." I mean, and you know, these are people that are sponsored by big pharma, people that are sponsored by the deep state, and they come and go, "Hey, no, no, we can write a check." I mean, what $40,000 if I, if my guy can speak. You know, I mean, no, 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 your guy can't speak. Wow. So it, wow. it, it's really the discernment of finding out, you know, who's on our team, who's not, which is uh frankly become very easy now because it's so obvious who's yeah. on our team yeah. and who is not um and then the other challenges are you know you you um you let people name their price which is great because everyone can attend i mean i grew up poor so i i know what it's like to not be able to afford it and that's why if you go to time to freeamerica.com you can name your price however um it's expensive mm-hmm. and i'm just telling you when you bring in 60 i think it's 64 speakers on the stage at the reawaken america tour Dallas. Mm. A praise and worship band. We have brought in Sean Foyt. We're bringing High uh, Res. By the way, to rap duo. If yeah. you haven't seen High Res and Jimmy, Jimmy
4: Levy. Yeah, yeah they're awesome.
2: coming to the Reawaken America tour. We're bringing in Peter McCullough. We're bringing in Eric Trump. We're bringing in, uh, that's President Trump's son, Eric Trump. We're bringing in Sean Foyt. We're bringing in Mike Lindell, Jim Brewer, the comedian. We're bringing that's in awesome. Dave Martin. We're bringing Dr. Zolinko. You're bringing Dr. Simone Gold. I mean, we're bringing the fire. We're yep. bringing President yep. Trump's attorney now. Jenna Ellis is joining the tour. Senator Win- Wendy Rogers is joining us. I mean, I, pretty much everybody, Dr. Tenpenny, they're all joining the tour. Jim Caviezel, I mean, get out of here. It's awesome. But yeah. what's happening is, you know, you got to have the jumbotrons. Yeah. you got to have the camera crew. And these crews have never worked together before. So I bring my video team, and then I reached out to American Faith wonderful people. Uh, that's the, the pastor uh, who started Influence Church, also started AmericanFaith.com, Pastor Phil Hotzenpiller. He lets us bring in his video team to work with my audiovisual crew. Um, and then it's all those personalities. And, and I really do feel like it's become a great team, and I feel like they perceive these events to be almost like a family reunion. So the last three or four events we've done, the energy behind it's awesome. I mean, people hug each other. I don't know any other event I've ever seen where, you know, the, the AV crew is hugging each other. I mean, people are. I mean, the the, the, the bonds are unbelievable. It feels like we're on a, a very successful football team.
4: Nice. Yeah, and you guys are definitely doing a lot of winning. Clay, what's it been like working with General Flynn? I know there's a lot of people who who really look up to him in the movement, and and you guys have been able to put together, you know, something that's pretty amazing Uh, we experienced it firsthand in addition to just being tracking it everywhere you guys go we've had some friends along the way who have gone and experienced the same things we did and again we look forward to being a part of it again in phoenix but uh what's that whole experience like you guys probably come from two of the least connective backgrounds possible you from the business sector and him from you know federal service and the military and intelligence community and now here you guys are working hand in hand putting out one of the most amazing products on the market right now
2: Well, this is something I've never shared on another show before. So here you go. This is breaking news. Um,
4: We call them stake (laughs) exclusives.
2: Okay. Well, I talked to General Flynn and I just told him early on, I said, sir, whatever I can do to help save this nation, let me know. And he says, mission over ego. I said, okay, got it. Boom. So we hosted a town hall in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, At some point during that conversation, he said, mission over ego again. We talked again at some point, he said, mission over ego. We started doing some things, mission over ego. And uh, I said, General Flynn, I have one of the largest marketing companies in Oklahoma. If you want to self publish, not a book, but like letters to America, you know, if you want to have something that's, you know, a nice document you can give to people, you know, like Mm -hmm. the kind of like the founding fathers, we have the saving fathers. If you want to do that, you let me know. And he says, oh, okay. So this guy, you know, puts the book together, sends it to me. So I'm getting, you know, a message. I don't want to exaggerate the time. I don't know exactly, but maybe four in the morning, three in the morning, I'm getting a, 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 a document emailed to me that General Flynn's been working on called Letters for America. Now, if you, I mean, he's, a, he's, he's over 60 years old, right? Okay. And I'm getting something from him at four in the morning. So I'm going, <laughs> all right, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to be outdone by that guy. I won't be outworked by General Flynn. no. So then I, you know, pull an all-nighter, uh, knock it out, get the book fully edited. I send her the, the booklet, the letters. I get those edited, send it back to him. And the next morning, he's on it again. So what you're dealing with is he's the real deal. It's a seven-day-a-week Save America operation. I didn't charge him to uh, edit the book, produce the, book, the, 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 the edit the letters, typeset the letters, produce the letters. I didn't, I didn't charge him for that. He didn't expect i mean you know what i'm saying like we're doing it for the right reasons we're on we're on the same team together and then without even thinking you know we gave it away um i paid the print i'm just telling people this they get it i paid the printing cost it was like four dollars and 75 cents a piece to give out each letter to everybody who attended the dallas event and i did it because it was the right thing to do he wrote it because it's the right thing to do we distributed because it's the right thing to do and making money on it was like not even a thought but then because we are humans on the pimp on the planet earth Turns out you need money to buy goods and services.
4: Imagine that. Huh.
2: And so I'm an entrepreneur and I'm thinking, okay, okay, uh, we got to fly you to an event. Perhaps we should charge something. And it's very, con- I mean, for me, it's always very concerning behind the scenes going, because just just so people know, I mean, it's, it's about, you know, a quarter million to $350,000 per event
4: to put on <laughs> something. People you don't know? realize that. Yeah, it's a, it's Can a you repeat bit. those numbers?
2: Yeah, I mean it's quarter million to three hundred fifty thousand per per event to put it on, and I just want to be be clear though. You say, how's that possible? Well, okay. Um, security. There's a guy named Jay. We'll just leave it at that. Jay. Jay's his name. J A Y. I just I just sent him the, uh, the the agreement here for the security for the upcoming event. It's forty seven thousand dollars mm. for his security detail for for the Jay who keeps the speaker safe, right? Then you have General Flynn who comes in. You got the security detail. You got the, the reimbursements for flights. I got one speaker, bless uh, their heart. I, I want to. I I cannot say what I want to say right now, but I told the speakers, I said, if you need help, I'll reimburse you. I'll reimburse you. And you know, I, I'm a I'm a Holiday in kind of guy. That's that's why I'm a Holiday in kind of guy. You know, so every time I've spoken on a to help save America, I don't charge a fee. But some people, you know, they need some help. I get it. It's re, re, re reimbursed. And you know, one speaker just happened to like. You know, I think they lived it up. It was like. I'm going to stay at the nicest hotel and you're going to, you know, and so, you know, you deal with that a little bit, you know, and then you've got food vendors who are like, I hear General Flynn's coming. So, you know, some people like to raise the prices a little bit, you know, there's that, there's just, there's a lot of that that stuff. All I could say is the people of America are stepping up. I I came to the last event in Dallas and a true story. This blows my mind. A guy comes up to me and he says, Clay, are you the one putting on the event? I said, yes, sir. He goes, "Uh, sir. And he gets out $300. And he gives, gives it to me dramatically. It's like, boom, boom, boom. And I said, oh, thank you. He goes, I got two more for you. Boom, boom. Gives you $500. I said, can I ask you what, what that was all about? He goes, ah, uh, I did a scholarship ticket, man. I bought a ticket for, you know, 10 bucks. I didn't know if this was going to be crap or what this was all about. This was life changing for me, man. I just want to tell you, thank you. Nice, you know, nice. so you have to earn the respect. You have to earn the, Uh, the respect of the audience, each city you go into, because censorship is so heavy. I mean, if we would have been doing this event, what, five years ago, every video would be on Facebook going Mm -hmm. viral with the names we have. Yes. Now, I mean, you can only see it on Rumble. I don't know if the listeners know that, but Rumble is in the process of going public right now. But Rumble, and I I don't want to exaggerate at all, but the founder of Rumble was on Fox News, and they were talking about the numbers behind Rumble. Rumble has an adoption rate of less than 10%, Hmm. meaning that if there's uh, 100 people in a room, uh, you know, 90 of them are using YouTube as their go-to video player or video search engine, and 10% are using Rumble. Now, that, that will change over time, but you understand, I mean, we're only able to market this on Rumble, Telegram, and most people on Telegram are great, but the people on Telegram are also very discerning, okay? These are the kind of people that they're not going to be tricked by Facebook.
3: Right, and so right. these
2: people are looking for anything that appears to be bad which is great they're looking for anybody who appears to be fake corrupt whatever and they're they are intense mm-hmm. these people want accountability which i love and so you know you have to earn that audience but once you earn their respect and i think it took about five events to earn the telegram community's respect now there's a big momentum and, and if we could just stop some of the uh in fight infighting behind patriot lines uh, that would be wonderful but we're, we're getting there the, the true enemies george soros china
4: yeah, Bill Gates, the deep state, yeah. You know, it's great that you brought that up because that's something that's been on probably all of our minds. And having you here today, I know that we've only got twenty six and a half minutes to get it done. But you know, mm-hmm. we 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 won't touch too much on that. You for you to mention it on the show unscripted kind of means that we know that it's gotten to the highest levels. And for 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 not saying anything specific about it, it's good to hear that yeah. we've kind of voiced the same thing that we'd like it to stop. Mm-hmm. Well, let me
2: just share this real quick. I'm going to say this, and someone should just listen to every word I'm going to say real quick, and and, uh, uh, please understand every word I'm going to say I've prayerfully considered. Um, One, um, Lynn Wood, uh, the acclaimed attorney who sued CNN successfully and won multiple times, exposed the corruption of CNN, Mm -hmm. a guy who's really fought against uh, mainstream media corruption the most of any attorney I can think of, Lynn Wood, a great American patriot, he raised millions of dollars to help Kyle Rittenhouse only go to prison for what? 85 days as opposed to 85 years. And that is a great thing. Yeah. yeah. Second, General Flynn, unrelated topic. General Flynn has served, but uh, 33 years in the military. And mm-hmm. then after the military he got out has been persecuted by the deep state. We've had, pre- uh, we've had a, a, a was it uh, a Peter Navarro, president Trump's right-hand man in the white house. Peter Navarro has said that general Flynn was perhaps the most important asset To the Trump administration. He was supposed to be President Trump's right-hand man, which is why the deep state came after General Flynn so much. So you got General Flynn over here who's been fighting against the deep state for 40 years. You got Lynn Wood over here who's been fighting against mainstream media corruption. And the deep state wants nothing more than for those two to have an issue. So as it relates to General Flynn, I've never heard him say a negative word against Lynn Wood. And I can just tell you General Flynn has always been the real deal behind the scenes for me. He's not my spiritual uh, guide. I read the Bible And if I say anything on today's show that conflicts with the Bible uh, or if General Flynn ever says something that conflicts with the Bible, I encourage you to go with the Bible. But General Flynn is uh, an off the cuff kind of guy. He's going to get up on stage. He's going to let it riff a little bit. And uh, do you guys play instruments? You
4: guys ever play instruments? Yeah, I used to play drums. OK, can you riff? I mean, can you go up there and jam and just kind of get into a flow? I mean, if you're trying to get me to say something that's going to have me in one of these <laughs> worship bands at the Phoenix event, no, I will not do that. Um, I'm only going to be on the mic now. Is this show edited? is, sure this like, is,
2: this show, is, is, is Are curse words allowed on the, on the Absolutely. show? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm not going to curse, but I'm just going to give you an example. Um, um, this would be General Flynn, in my opinion, is, is kind of like this, okay? So this is a, a rapper the other day. He hopped on a show. Uh, if, you, if, you, if, you, if anyone out there doesn't know what freestyle rap is, it's where the rapper gets up there and has the talent and skill set needed to um, say things off the, and you're going, is, did, is this guy, did this guy write it down? Uh, did this guy, where did this guy come up with these lyrics? They're off the top of his head. Yeah. So Eminem is perhaps one of the best freestyle rappers the world has seen um, Jay-Z is a young rapper. I'm not endorsing these people, their personal choices. I'm just saying the skill set needed to do freestyle rap is is very tough to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so those that can do it, you understand sometimes when someone does a freestyle rap, you might say that rap is, uh, uh, you know, um, wasn't the best. You might look at it and go, ah, you know, that, was, that, that rhyme was kind of whack. It was kind of weak. But a lot of times you look at it and go, that's incredible. So let me just play this audio and i apologize if uh <laughs> yeah eminem i can barely anything. articulate my
0: thoughts on my thoughts on this podcast so i mean <laughs> a, freestyle rapping off the table i'm
2: gonna hit oh, this, this is. all
4: right yeah yeah
2: so all this right. is eminem he was doing a live rap on a show and, and dr dre was listening now again this is for me pre-christ i come from a hip-hop uh dj background but this is eminem okay this is eminem freestyle here you go.
0: thank you all right Met a retarded kid named Greg with a wooden leg. Snatched it off and beat him over
4: the head with the peg. Go to bed with the keg. Wake up with the 40. Mix it with alpha seltzer and Formula forty forty. Forget an acid tab. I strapped the whole sheet oh. to my forehead. Waited till it absorbed in and fell to the floor dead. No more said, case closed in a discussion. We blowing up, spontaneous assuming combustion. And
2: this is all just top of mind. He just makes it
4: up. I know. I know, I know where-, where you're going with this, and I really like it.
2: In a world of political correctness where people literally write out every word they're going to say, I don't allow teleprompters at my events. I don't know if people understand that, how big of a thing is that I don't allow teleprompters at my events. People say, and people ask me all the time, Clay, why do you usually use a corded SM58 mic? <laughs> I say, because I want it to feel like a comedy club improv in the cancel culture where people are so worried about saying things that might be true or misspeaking, or I want it raw, unfiltered. And so General Flynn, this guy, let me tell you what General Flynn did to me at the last event. This is off the cuff. This is the this is the pros and the cons of working with General Flynn. Nah. We bring up Peter Navarro, who's President Trump's right-hand man. Former guest on yeah. steak for breakfast. And I said, could we have you, General Flynn, come up and ask Peter Navarro questions? He says, absolutely. It was great. Awesome. The crowd loved it. Yeah. Then General Flynn, because he's such a man of the people, he turns to the crowd and says, would you guys like to ask Peter Navarro some questions? Nice. Awesome. dude and the questions the audience asked were mind-blowing question I'm, I'm paraphrasing but question number one was why is president trump pushing the rna-modifying nanotechnology graphene oxide filled covid 19 vaccine oh peter navarro crushes this question nice. <laughs> and so the crowd is like i mean they're awake to what's going on and then the crowd's like hey if january 6th has caused people to lose their freedom as they await trial how come this isn't a bigger issue for the trump administration i mean these are like Tough questions. Yeah, General Flynn doesn't want to give Peter the questions ahead of time, doesn't want to give them to me. He's just letting the audience ask, and that's why people love him. He really is America's general. So all I could say is General Flynn's going to get up there. He's going to share the truth. He's grounded in the the Bible and the Constitution. He's going to let it riff. He's going to jam. And sometimes he might say he was trying to say that we're one nation under God when we had that event in San Antonio, and the media took it as he was calling for a one-world theocracy or Mm -hmm. some kind of
7: world order, which is ridiculous.
2: And that's just going to happen, you know, with General Flynn because he's going to be off the cuff. He's going to be the real deal. You're not going to see General Flynn ever be a teleprompter kind of guy. Never. No.
4: You know, it's it's pretty interesting that you mentioned that specifically. And and I want our listening audience to understand this. Listen, this is open conversation right here. We on our show support everyone who's in the Patriot Movement, the Great Awakening Movement, the people who are on Clay's tour doing the right things. We've made so many friends and had so many of them come on our show. Not The ones we've met, you know, uh, we, Dr. Stella, Anna Kate, Melissa Tate, uh, Ian Smith's been on the show multiple times, Clay, you yourself, and so many more who we originally met there and have, have, have circled back to come with us and share their experiences and how much better work they're doing now uh, when, than when the, the tour first started. Pastor Lock weighed in on this whole issue, you know, the, the Flynn, the Lynn, taking things out of context. Uh, over the weekend, and and I screenshotted it. It's from an Instagram post, and this is from Pastor Locke's official. and, And someone was making disparaging comments about General Flynn with those few seconds of edited videos where you're talking about, like, either this prayer or things he said and how the media takes that out of context. And this is what Pastor Locke said. He's not a spiritual leader, but he will be one day. He should have never been asked to pray to begin with. He's a patriot. He's a mad Catholic or Christian, I'm paraphrasing that part, searching for the truth. And I'm not going to abandon him in his time of need. I mean, that's a pretty powerful message from someone who's out there. That that I think, in, in, in regards to like pastors, go you can't get much more solid than Pastor Locke. I
2: agree, Pastor Pastor Lock is uh, uh, unlocked. He's the gospel unleashed. I mean, that guy's the real deal. And I, all I could say is. The reason why I put my people and I'm just going to deal with some uh, the attacks that I, I've dealt with recently so we can just say it on this show. And I haven't said anywhere else. People ask me, well, why do you put your name on the flyer? Well, let me tell you why. <laughs> do you know how many people have used my name in business deals without my knowledge? Oh, imagine that. A lot of people will say, you know, I'm working with Clay Clark. I'm doing this deal over here. We're working together. Boom. And, and I, I, I literally I met a guy years ago in Dallas. True story. His name is Thomas Crossen. I met Thomas. He's from Dallas, Texas. He owns a company called fullpackagemedia.com. It's a It's hilarious story. He, he drives to Tulsa, Oklahoma from Dallas and he looks at my office. Like he's going to, he was, he's in my office. He's kind of looking around like he's a dog that hasn't eaten in a while. And he's kind of giving me this guy. <laughs> I'm like, do I know you? And he's looking around like, <sighs> he's, he's a nice guy, but I mean, I could just sense the tension. I go, Hey, Hey, what, how can I help you? He goes, um, Sir, you owe me a lot of money. I'm going. I owe you money. He goes. Yeah, I've been working for your company for this period of time. Somebody literally started a real estate photography company and hired him without my knowledge and convinced him that I, that he was on my payroll and used my reputation to get him to work there. He's a paramedic. You know, he's doing this job wow. part time. And I'm like, I don't know how much money you think that I owe you, but let me go ahead and square that up because I'd rather just pay a few thousand dollars or a thousand or whatever it is, so that you so you, you have some money. And to this day, he's still a client of mine. You know, wow. so oh. I whenever I do an event, I want to own every bit of it. So if you get to the event and you say this event was terrible or this was great, I want to own it. So if some people have told me they write on Rumble, they write comments, that speaker was terrible. Well, I want you to know that the person you need to direct your frustration at is me. Or if you say, I love the speaker lineup this time, you can okay. There you see you got somebody you can blame, somebody you can hold accountable. I'm not gonna delegate the Patriot movement to some lackey who might or might not be taking kickbacks on the side. I don't want somebody bringing up their boyfriend or their girlfriend or their cousin to speak. I don't want to hear about, I don't want any political favors. I don't want to hear somebody's on my stage because they hooked somebody up with something. No, I just you're on the stage because you are sharing the truth. Right. And that right. is what will set us free.
4: That is 100% accurate. And I, I love that narrative about you. Clay. You know, it's one of these things where you're so busy it's so impossible to like legitimately get a hold of you. You sometimes that uh, I had so many ideas for you coming in today, and, and, and you've basically read my mind. I think it's good. We kind, of, I kind of feel like we're on the same page, even though we've only worked together for, you know. Well, I'm not saying that I work for you and you don't owe me any money.
0: Oh, you do owe me a lot of money. I'm just saying.
4: <laughs> However, if when we do come in Phoenix, Noah is going to Photoshop our steak for breakfast logo onto the Reawaken America Tour uh, again. Yeah. F- uh, you know, the big poster, and we're going to put it all over our social media. Hey,
2: you we- guys should seriously serve steak for breakfast. That could be like a thing you actually do. Because, you know, we start at 10 and we'll get there at 6
4: a.m. You guys should be like serving steak for breakfast. At that point, yeah. we, we might I make really real good some steaks. You know, there you so. go. Clay, I got two more quick ones for you because I know we're we're down on time. The experience working with Eric Trump, I mean, I know it's pretty recent, you getting to know him. Obviously, you know his father from when you were called to the White House and and, and getting to know Eric Trump.
2: Well, I feel like Eric Trump has been a guy that we all feel like we've kind of grown up with. I feel like Don Jr., we feel like we've grown up with him. I feel like, America. if you're a patriot, you feel like you know the Trump family. You know what I mean? It's almost like you go to school with them. It's like it's maybe you it's like you, you, went, you were in high school and you had somebody that you, you we all knew their family. Maybe we'd gone to some family events and through cameras and lenses. We've all kind of felt like we've been a part of the Trump team. Yeah. You know, yes. it's like when he got an office, we felt like we got an office. Mm-hmm. You know, when Trump was attacked, we felt like we were attacked when p- Trump uh, had our back. We felt like. He Trump was looking. I mean, I think I feel like America feels like that. Trump is a man of the people. I I mean, and with the Biden with the Biden approval rating now getting into the low thirty percentile. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on now. Seven out of ten people feel like we're on Team Trump. So, Eric, um, I felt like allowing Eric to join the tour was a symbolic thing because my audience. Let me tell you about my audience. People attending my events. We've got Robert F. Kennedy Jr. who's on the left on the same side of the on the same stage with General Michael Flynn who's on the right. I mean, so I've got. Libertarians. I've got people that never vote. I've got conservatives. I've got a lot of military people that attend our events. I mean, we've got a real, I mean, we've got truth seeking constitutional. The kind of people that you could drop off in the – you could drop these people off in the woods in, like, northern Canada. (laughs) You could come back 100 years from that later, and they would have a constitutional republic constructed (laughs) in. I mean, I'm just telling you, these are, like,
0: mountain men and women. Is there a sign-up sheet for that? Because I kind of want to do that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it either.
2: There's a lot of business owners coming to this, very resourceful people. And so when you're on that group, when you're listening to Mike Adams – Mm-hmm. and you're washing it down with some Alex Jones, <laughs> and you're listening to some Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, and you know about some Mickey Willis, and you're listening to high rez and you're, you're just... If you listen to Lance Wall now, who's calling for an end of re, of, of, of religious divis- divisiveness within the Christian faith, he's mm-hmm. calling for the Acts 15 uh, movement, as he calls it. But the point is, if you're, if you're down with these sort of people, you are often called uh, extreme... <laughs> You know, and for to bring Eric Trump into the mix is sort of like a, a legitimization of the fact that what we've been saying for two years, five years, many people, 10 years. is true. Yeah, I, mean, I know people and a lot of people. Who, one guy is a pretty funny guy. I talked to him and he said, I've been talking about FEMA camps for 20 years. And I'm like, I bet you have.
0: I know who that you know? is. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and so All I'm saying is we are now Eric coming to this event. Now what's going to do is it turns the head of America. And America says, oh, uh Eric, that Eric kind of feels like my uncle or he, Eric Trump feels like America's brother, America's uncle. And he's there. They're like, well, what, why is he there? What's that all about? So I, that's a that's a symbolic thing right there. And uh, I can tell you, I, I wish I could say the name right now. We are within minutes of announcing. Potentially another name that everybody knows that we dang. joined in. The- So Mm. I wish I could say it. If it was maybe 45 minute later interview, I might've been able to
4: announce it, but we'll see. see. It's fine. You can just text me later. We'll just put it out on our social medias for you. (laughs) Don't worry. We won't ask you for any money though. Clay, last question. And out of all the people that you've had on your tour, he is our absolute favorite. After a year of it being a running joke, we we finally have partnered with MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code steak for up to 66% off at checkout. It is the holiday season. You want those Giza everythings. Tell us one good Mike Lindell story because of the air conditioner issue and a little bit of Antifa issue in Anaheim where we yeah, yeah. had everything locked in with Caitlin. We missed our Mike Lindell moment. And I have been striving to get, even if it's just 10 minutes of his time uh, ever since, but you, well, you, I'm sure you have some great stories. I know he's probably present company excluded. One of the busiest men in the history of the universe. Yeah. And uh, you got to have something good. I just feel like the Mike Lindell <laughs>
2: Behind the scenes is a guy who is a better person than you think he is. And we already think he's a great person.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: So
2: Mike um, uh, gave me feedback. Uh, I was on the stage and we had to to kick out a lot of reporters that were from the deep state media. I mean, Mm -hmm. many reporters. We were in Anaheim. I mean, many. I kicked out, I want to say, four mainstream media reporters that infiltrated the conversation.
4: We saw it, and we played your audio on that when you were were, were t- having them get removed. It, it was, yeah, was,
2: and, I, and I said something to the effect of, hey, if you're somebody who's fighting against the Constitution, if you're somebody who hates America, if you're an idiot, get out of here. I yep. said something to that effect. So Mike Lindell. Like yeah, you went said, through a
0: whole thing of reasons why you might be an idiot.
2: Yeah. yeah, like it says to do in the Bible, Mike Lindell went to me privately behind the scenes, and he goes, hey, here's the deal. A lot of people are deceived, and we need to be praying for these people. And I'm like, I'm the worst person ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're the best person ever. Oh, He did it privately. He did it with love, with kindness. He sincerely wants to save America, which involves saving all Americans. Yeah. And I mean, wow. I mean, he could have chastised me on the mic, right? He didn't. He could have corrected me on the mic. He didn't. He could have, you know, attacked me on social media. But he went to me and he said, hey, you know, we, we got to save all Americans here. And oh. some people are deceived right now. We'd be praying for these people. And I'm like, hmm, I'm the worst person ever. So nah. I'm you know, what, cr- what, what like, he's a sheets using my promo code steak.
4: There you go. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You know, Clay, this has been awesome. It's been a long time. You know, it was it was the first week of July last time we talked to you and now here we are entering into the Christmas season and we finally able to sit down with you. Not because we didn't want to talk to you because we're all really that busy. You a whole lot more than we are. Um, but but the fact of the matter is we're all out here trying to do the best work we can. I, I definitely think it's going to be amazing for our listening audience to hear what you had to say today. And I'm going to get you to do a soft verbal on saying that at some point in the near future and probably after January when you see you in person, we'd love to have you back. I will
2: absolutely uh, commit to being back on the show. And I would just I want our listeners to know this, uh, this, this whole movement. It's not about me. It's, it's really not even about uh, uh, we, the people, in my opinion. I believe it's all about he. It's all about he hasn't getting right with Jesus. I believe that my thesis is the world needs more Jesus. Proverbs nine ten says, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And I believe that if we all fear the Lord and we all are acting a little bit paranoid and making decisions, knowing that God will eventually judge us. That's the kind of leaders that we need right now. And I'm seeing those leaders emerge. I'm seeing those leaders show up. I'm seeing people that don't mind persecution for their faith, persecution for their freedom. I'm seeing the real patriots stand up, the people that lean into persecution, that fight back. Anytime that somebody attacks them, they fight back. I'm seeing people that want to share the truth with love. I'm seeing people that love America. That's what I'm seeing happen. I'm seeing the remnant emerge. We are not going to lose this nation. God is not done with this country yet, but it's going to require every single person listening right now to participate and to get involved I encourage you to go to time 2 to find jobs that don't require the COVID 19 vaccines. Go to time2freeamerica to, to get your tickets to the Reawaken America Tour. Go to time2freeamerica.com to find doctors that are willing to treat you if you have COVID 19 in all 50 states. Go to time2freeamerica to, to, to find the truth because we've got to share it well beyond this, this booth.
4: 100%. Clay, it's always a pleasure. He's the host of Thrive Time Show podcast. He's also the man behind. The Reawaken America Tour, something that we've been a part of and can't wait to do again. Mr. Clay Clark, thanks for joining us today on Steak for Breakfast. Appreciate you guys. Have a great day. Appreciate you, sir. Take care. Well, what do you guys think? That was probably one of the best segments we ever had on this show. Can you
0: imagine if we would have had Sabatini on at the same time? That would have been epic.
4: I don't know if there was enough room for that much MAGA in one. He probably would have just crashed the system. Yeah. So (laughs) it it was really good to get to meet and know Mike Collins and how welly taking care of the America first candidates are running with people like Joe Kent, because it seems like they're, I mean, they're on opposite sides of the country aside from jumping into this race together, being America first candidates, they've probably never really met or interacted with each other and they were completing each other's sentences. So I just think it's really awesome that they're, and it's one thing we talked about on the show. It's, it's the coordination. You can't have everybody running on their own America first platform and then get into DC and it's like alien trying to work with other people. I like people like Matt Brainerd, and some of the uh, schedulers that I've worked with, like Justin Grease, and uh, there's a guy Byron who works with with Joe Ken are really coordinating a lot of these candidates. You know, they'll they'll send one of us, and he'd be like, "Hey, I got two more, I got three more," and you'll see them, you know, in the upcoming weeks on our show. And it's they're all really working together, and it seems like it's going to be a big red wave moving to DC and uh, the midterm elections. And mm-hmm. I just really like the messages that they had, opposite of what the message Jen Saki usually puts out there as we start the news cycle right now. Her message is usually garbage. It's America last. It's anti-Trump era policies. And unfortunately we're going to start off with a four clip montage of her over the last two days talking about some of the things we we capitalized on. I miss Mac during our America First panel. Um, first thing is about the Build Back Crappier plan. You know the 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 CBO score came out recently and and you know she basically went out there and and talked about how the Congressional Budgets Office score on the plan is fake. Oh, so the Congressional Office that scores all of these things that go up for for vote is supposed to be as bipartisan as possible. As far as I know, the Democrats control every facet of the government right now, and she's saying based off of that information and that information alone, this is obviously a fake score that came out. So let's let's hear her try to rationalize that. What? Yeah.
9: It's important to understand that when you when anybody raises a question about this new CBO score, it is a fake score about a f- bill that doesn't exist, uh, and we should really focus on the actual bill everybody's uh, going to vote on and considering in Congress right now. Mm,
4: so... Congressman, is
5: this a fake score?
4: Well, they said, kind of said it way there, too. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of where uh, you know she left us at that one. And, and I don't really think that... Uh, so
0: explain, just in case somebody's listening and doesn't know what this is about, Like, kind of explain what that is exactly.
4: You know, it's a combination of a few things. It's the budget, it's the build back better, it's the raising the debt ceiling, everything kind of goes back on the American taxpayer and it's anywhere between like $1.8 and $2.5 trillion worth of debt. She's saying that not only is that fake, but so is the uh, amount of... Debt that, that would go on to the American people, so. And this is
0: being quantified on what sort of system that they control?
4: I believe that would be the podium of the office of the press secretary.
0: So, she's telling us that she's full of shit? Doesn't she always? I mean, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> you sure? I mean, I identify as one right now.
4: I play one at work
0: sometimes. Ooh, dot <laughs> <laughs>
4: Body count's not, as, not where it should be. <laughs> Got to pump those numbers up. Uh, and by that, I mean with CPR. So, you know, she was asked a couple other questions. Um, it, it's been on the news this week, I think, that Fox News sat down with the president of Guatemala. Oh, good. And, and talked about the failed negotiations that, that he and Jen Psaki had had a few months ago. And, and when Fox News inquired about if they had been in contact since then, he stated, no, I haven't been in contact with anybody from the federal government, but especially her. And, uh, you know, it was kind of like one of those ones where even though Fox was doing it as a hit piece, it was still extremely awkward. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it, it's one of those things where you would think they hyped it up so much as finding the root cause of, of all this illegal migration to the United States. And they sent her down there. And even though it was a disaster, um, they at least would have kind of kept the lines of communication open since then. Well, let, let's, let's hear how that kind of went down when she was asked about that right. one. Is Vice President Harris still in
10: charge of addressing the root causes of migration from El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala?
9: She is, and I just announced a, a commitment that she's announcing this afternoon. So then
10: why is it that she has not spoken to the president of Guatemala <laughs> since June? That's six months. Wow.
9: Well, I know that I, I did see this kind of strange report uh, from the president of Guatemala saying that uh, he's had no contact with the White House, which is inaccurate. No, he, didn't uh, say the
11: White- he said uh, Vice President Harris he has not spoken
2: to her. And if she's in charge, why, why is that?
9: Well, we have had a range of conversations Peter I think as a reflected in our readout we put out last week with our national security advisor Hmm. with the vice president's national security advisor with our senior director Juan Gonzalez Uh, we put out an extensive readout of that uh, just last week and we'll continue that high level of engagement
11: Okay, uh,
10: final topic. Do you think it's possible that big cities are dealing with these smash-and-grab robberies right now, an increase?
4: We kind of heard the, yeah. the rest of that clip on last week's show, but I just want to kind of paint a picture for you guys. Just so First two clips, Congressional Business Office score from the Congressional Business Office, according to her, fake. President of Guatemala, also fake, literally <laughs> sat down across the room from a Fox News interviewer, and said that he has not talked to Kamal Harris or anybody from this government about the root causes of migration since June. Liar.
7: Yeah. So, wow. <laughs> him liar.
4: So that's kind of where we're at today. Uh, I was able to rip a couple clips from the press conference this afternoon. Go ahead. Uh, There are several progressive groups and lawmakers who are um, increasingly vocalizing the idea that inflation, high inflation, is being driven by corporate greed, including uh, companies with high profits, some of whom have met at the White House with the President uh, in recent months. Um, Does the President endorse that idea? Does he think that corporate greed is the big driver of inflation right now? Well,
9: I think that the president thinks the way people across the country, she American families, uh, digest inflation is by price increases. And if you look at industry to industry, it's a little different. So, for example, the president, the Secretary Kerry of Agriculture have both spoken to what we've seen as the greed of meat conglomerates. That is an area, <laughs> area when where people go to the grocery store and they're trying to buy a pound of meat, two pounds of meat, ten pounds of meat. Um, it pounds is, of meat. The prices are higher. That is, in his view, uh, and the view of our Secretary of Agriculture, because of, you could call it corporate greed, short. Sure. You could call it uh, jacking up prices uh, uh, it, during a pandemic. Uh, there are other areas where we've seen increases uh, because of supply chain issues, and we're seeing those increases around the world as it relates to gas prices, uh, oil supply, and things along those lines. So I would say there are some areas uh, where we have seen uh, corporations uh, benefit profit from the pandemic. Uh, and. Uh, and certainly the president would agree with that component. I, I don't know the full context of all of their remarks.
4: All right, now we're keeping a running tally here. Remember, CBO score fake. Uh, the president of Guatemala is a liar. And now meat conglomerates are the root cause of inflation when it comes to buying between 1, 2, and 10 pounds of meat at the grocery store. Got that, Noah?
0: Uh, I don't yeah. even know where to begin to
4: address this. I don't even consider <laughs> you too of a math wizard. Um, Definitely not a math wizard. Well, if there's one thing we could talk about, it's all of Joe Biden's foreign policy achievements. And when she was asked by it today, it'll be interesting to hear what her answer was. Think you misspelled failures.
7: <laughs>
8: Two foreign policy questions. The first one is year and season. So I would ask you, what does the administration consider your biggest achievement in foreign policy in this first year? And also what lessons have you learned from what is arguably the biggest failure, which is Afghanistan?
9: Uh, you know, this is a great question. I want to be thoughtful about it. I want to talk to the president about it, um, and I'm happy to do that. Go ahead.
4: And next. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she, before she could even finish, she was, like, pointing over the podium at the next person. She's like, fuck, I'll even call it Emerald Robinson right now. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's just one of those in in, in our little sacky mix to, to start off the show today in the news portion of it that you, you got to understand exactly where they're coming from and we hope we pointed it out just as clear as crystal for you mm. uh, not like the folks over at msnbc lately who have been wondering um you know why uh bad joe biden poll numbers are even making it into the uh news and um uh, i'm sorry not at msnbc it's cnn listen to uh how they think what are they going to
0: say that they're not a reasonable uh, thing like are th- the poll numbers are fake now
4: well they're just kind of theorizing that people like Cameron Robinson in her short time with Newsmax and, uh, you know, people like Peter Doocy shouldn't even be called on in these things because all they do is with their questions is spread. Well, disinformation. Yeah. Wow. Let, let's Ow. let's let's hear Chuck Todd first talk on it and then we'll say way over to CNN and see what they had to say about it. I'm
0: not going to like any of it, am I? Are back.
8: Uh, it seems as if there's nothing the White House can do to improve their political standing these days. It does feel like every week there's another poll. It's a new bottom. It's a new this. And some of it is out of their control. Mark Murray and I were having a discussion. His two big promises were to get COVID behind us and to get rid of Donald Trump. COVID's not behind us and Donald Trump's still lurking. It's not his fault, but is that why we're in this no man's land here for him?
12: It's a, a convergence of a lot of things. You have this pandemic that we can't get behind. You still have mm. people who are struggling struggling economically. Joe Biden also campaigned on a big, broad uh, agenda of of the trusting civil Burning rights and, and getting people, helping get people back on their feet after this. This big, broad packages. But even after these packages have passed, there is still this constant threat of, to democracy that we keep talking about. The Democrats have failed to pass any measure to protect and bolster up our election system. So that has people uneasy. Is it all Joe Biden's fault? Of course not. Most of it isn't. You have Republicans who are locked solid against them and won't vote for anything, no matter how many times Joe Manchin says he wants bipartisanship. So it's about where do you assign that blame? Who is uh, against every measure, including vaccine mandates that could get us past this uh, pandemic? Is that Joe Biden? Where where does the blame actually lie?
4: Well, his butt's been wiped, that's for sure. So that that was kind of the narrative they were pushing on uh, MSNBC in and NBC over the weekend with their Sunday morning talk shows uh, some more of the same bullshit basically yes I mean as always CNN has to take it to a different level listen to this garbage that they were talking about uh, in regards to calling on reporters
13: Well, this why why does Jen Psaki even continue to call on Fox in the briefing room and I mean they're very they've been very courteous and I should say you know kind because If your network is promoting BS and lies about what is actually happening in the country and helping to inspire and incite an insurrection, why why should they even be able to take part in a legitimate press briefing, in
0: legitimate journalism? Well, the Ministry of Truth is spoken. Yeah, it's so tough
9: because there are reporters still
14: at Fox, very few, and very few getting um, airtime. and. The last real good one just left the building
13: same question right even though she makes a very good point even though they have vaccine rules and um mask rules and mandates at their own places of business but why the question about why why did they even allow fox to but pretend in the briefing room that they're a real news let's organization. ask the potato well, we'd say like.
8: historically you got to keep as broad an opening of the press corps as possible let in as many voices as possible you know even let in cranks and there's been a lot of cranks in the briefing room in the past not fox but just randos that are able to come to the briefing i think historically that's been the approach let as many people in as you can possibly fit in the room but to, today at the briefing what did fox ask about the Christmas tree being set ablaze, which was awful last week, and I was really disturbed to see it. But no one thinks that's the top ten story in America today except with Fox News. Uh, so what we have to do, I think, is recognize it for what it is. And you've been documenting it, Don. We've been trying to document it. Fox has changed dramatically. And these text messages tonight are more evidence that this media ecosystem has changed dramatically yeah. And we, we we can't view it the way we did 10 years ago where, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of channels and one leans left and one re- leans right. No, yeah. one now leans so far from reality that it's imperiled the country. It's
13: obviously –
4: imagine, imagine thinking that Fox News is literally that fringe. Wow. That, I mean I can't barely – unless there's someone on that I really want to hear. I can't even stomach it anymore. Right, and I have to go in with the mindset. No one's going to ask them, number one, the question that I want to hear or two – hear a response that I want to hear, but maybe I just want to see them to see how much are they going to lean outside of that echo chamber. Fox news and CNN are essentially the same thing, Yeah, different sides of the same coin.
7: Hilarious though. These two fucking clowns, Delta and Lamont.
4: Yeah. Two people who are probably on their way out. I mean, it's going to be pretty (laughs) sad when, when the only person left over at CNN is Mr. Potato head and Chris Wallace. So, um, (laughs) Well, we're seeing the blame game here. You know, we can't blame Joe Biden and we have to blame Fox News because that's what gets the boomers really sweating. I can't believe they said that about my Fox News. You know,
7: yeah, it's all bullshit just to get people all fired up and whatnot. You know,
3: well,
4: Joe Biden weighed in over the weekend, too, when she sat down with a reporter to uh, and they actually asked, what does she feel about the reports of his declining mental health? <laughs> pretty interesting to hear. I'm, I'm pretty sure Noah's going to love this one.
13: And one more question on on that on the polls, because there have been some recent polls that show that quite a few Americans have some questions about the president's current mental fitness. As somebody who spends, (laughs) I can see you shaking your head. (laughs) Yes. So what's your response to that?
0: I think that's ridiculous. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. There was so much thought and explanation in that comment. Well, right? it's okay. It was almost like a, a Facebook or a meta fact checker giving their <laughs> opinion.
4: You do right. realize that today in court and under oath up on Capitol Hill, the Facebook yeah. fact checkers were allowed, well, basically forced to admit that over 80% of their online fact checks are third-party opinions. Yeah, it's, that's exactly on what on that, it is. Yeah, Well, those are the numbers that they gave out, but, you know... Really? Yeah. And, and remember if there's nobody else to blame to find the root causes of everything that's wrong with this administration, you can always go back to old reliable and Joe Biden himself touched on it with Jimmy Fallon the other day. I'm pretty sure you're going to get a laugh out of this one.
1: The truth is that before COVID hit the Trump arm of the Republican party, which there's seems one. to be the Republican party now, um, uh, did not even show up at the Kennedy Center. They they, they wouldn't go to the awards. Yeah. So all the people you have, at, we saw at that event, which was a very fulsome event, were people who, in fact, they're Republicans, but they're the kind of, like, for example, a lot of Republicans and Democrats used to get really on well together. For example, one of the reasons I was a little bit late coming on is because... Uh, I put my pants. On, ...to do the taping here, is because I did Bob Dole's eulogy today. He asked me in his deathbed whether I would do his eulogy. We're friends. No, we disagree, yeah. but we're friends. We used to have an awful lot of that relationship. Bob wants to do his eulogy. Except that the QAnon and the extreme. Wow. and, the and there it is. Party, Here we go. What, what Donald Trump keeps sort of, seems to me, feeding the, uh, uh, you know, the big lie, uh, it makes it awful hard. There's a, uh, and I think most Republicans, uh, And and there's an awful lot of Republicans in Congress, I think, would agree
4: with that. Yeah, I thought it was great. You know, it's one of those things where when you can't figure out who to blame and you're going to throw Trump in January 6th in the first part of your statement, there's no way. Why not make it a twofer? Get that whipped cream and the cherry on top of just dropping a little QAnon on it and, and letting everybody know that's really the root cause of all the problems that's wrong with his administration now. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Biden wasn't asked to read Bob Dole's eulogy. Um, however, it's usually the sitting president who says a statement regarding someone as prestigious as Bob Dole once he passes. It's pretty normal, um, you know, and it's 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 one of those things where. The, the disinformation and the distractions from the real problems. We heard about the real problems in the beginning of our show when we had our America First panel on there today. Yeah. Y- you've got people that couldn't have identified it better for you than Joe Kent and, and Mike Collins. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep an eye on this and, and try to point out the actual facts that are going on in real time when, the, you know, the administration continues to spin it in a way that you can only blame January 6th Donald Trump and Q. Wish they'd sit and spin it. Right. For all the problems of the country, Gen might. I don't want to see that. What if she wears that like Russian? Nobody's
0: patent? buying that OnlyFans. No. Nobody. That's true. Not even the basement dwellers? Yeah, the basement dwellers probably will.
4: What about the haters and the losers?
0: Haters and losers, 100%.
4: There you go. So <laughs> uh,
0: pretty lucrative. I mean, can you pay for OnlyFans with uh, food stamps?
4: Maybe Bitcoin? Ooh. There you go. They have Bitcoin food stamps yet? Not yet.
7: I don't
4: think so. They'll be coming.
7: I think they're setting up like coinstar sort of Bitcoin station
4: oh, even worse so we, <laughs> we, we got to track some resignations and, and even though we like to point out on the show when when heads of corporations and you know political figures across the globe have have resigned, uh, we usually don't get a good sound bite, therefore we just talk about it and don't get to listen uh, in the last week, we did have two of the more prominent figures in the legacy media, Brian Williams on NBC and then Chris Wallace, thank uh.
3: admit
4: at um announced his departure from Fox News for, surprise, surprise, CNN this weekend. Yeah, because he wants to work with a legitimate news organization. Um, I'm going to play a a couple quick clips from from both of those, and then we can kind of talk about how the messages that they're kind of sending in their farewell addresses. Let's start with Brian Williams first.
15: After 28 years of Peacock logos on much of what I own, It is my choice now to jump without a net into the great unknown, as I do for the first time in my 62 years. My biggest worry is for my country. The truth is I'm not a liberal or a conservative. I'm an institutionalist. I believe in this place, and in my love of country, I yield to no one. But the darkness on the edge of town has spread to the main roads and highways and neighborhoods. It's now at the local bar and the bowling alley, at the school board and the grocery store, and it must be acknowledged and answered for. Grown men and women who swore an oath to our Constitution, elected by their constituents, possessing the kinds of college degrees I could only dream of, have decided to join the mob and become something they are not, while hoping we somehow forget who they were. They've decided to burn it all down with us inside. Mm. That should scare you to no end as much as it scares an aging volunteer fireman. As a proud New Jersey native, this is where I get to say regrets. I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. What a ride it's been. Where else? How else? Was a kid like me going to meet presidents and kings and the occasional rock star? These lovely testimonials that I can never truly repay make me hyper aware that it has been and remains a wonderful life. It's as if I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning in Bedford Falls. The reality is, though, I will wake up tomorrow in the America of the year 2021 a nation unrecognizable to those who came before us and fought to protect it. Wow. Which is what you must do now. My colleagues will take it from here. I will probably find it impossible to be silent and stay away from you and lights and cameras after I experiment with relaxation and find out what I've missed and what's out there. Mm -hmm. Every weeknight for decades now, I've said some version of the same thing. Thank you for being here
4: with us. So it sounds like he's going to try to explore the root causes of relaxation uh, moving forward. But like, it, like full release? It was pretty interesting to hear some of the talking points that he made in regards to, you know, the country being unrecognizable and, and people who try to be a voice of the people now being locked in the building by the people who have come up through the institutions and are now burning it down with all of them inside. So. Mm yeah it, it, not as defiantly as Christopher Wallace, but uh probably a little bit more moderately, and that's where he stands. What do you think antoinette?
7: It was great, I mean he did make some really good points and i'm i'm w- I was surprised to hear it to be honest,
4: yeah, I guess you could really kind of see where they where they tend to sit when the rains are off yeah um and as they probably said, you know you got two and a half minutes, you could say whatever you want uh-huh. so <clears throat> and that, and that's kind of where it came down to make it good. Oh. But, uh, you know, Chris Wallace's was a little bit more presidential debating. Mm. um, As our least favorite moderator, let's hear him and his swan song. After 18 years,
13: this is my final Fox News Sunday. Uh. It is the last time, and I say this with real sadness, we will meet like this. Uh. 18 years ago, the bosses here at Fox promised me they would never interfere with a guest I booked or a question I asked. And they kept that promise. I have been free to report to the best of my ability. To cover the stories I think are important to hold our country's leaders to account. It's Mm. been a great ride. We've covered five presidential elections, interviewed every president since George H.W. Bush, traveled the world sitting down with France's Emmanuel Macron and Russia's Vladimir Putin. And
0: sitting down when I And
13: I've gotten to spend Sunday mornings with you. It may sound corny, but I feel we've built it is. a community here. There's a lot you can do on Sunday mornings. The fact you've chosen to community spend this standards. hour with us is something I cherish. But after 18 years, I have decided to leave Fox. Thank I want to try something new to go beyond politics to all the things I'm interested in. I'm ready for a new adventure. Like and I board. hope you'll check it out. Yeah. And so,
4: That's enough for me. Yeah, he's a fucking douchebag.
7: going to wipe Biden's butt.
4: And I'll say it like Donald Trump has said it before. He will never be the journalist that his father was. Yeah. So, ever. Donald, and
7: that's such a, such a burn.
0: It's, <laughs> he's like the wish.com one. Yeah. The it, worst it, burn ever. It definitely is.
4: So, you know, last Zick week burn. we talked about a lot of this stuff going on. There was definitely some distraction from the administration this week. You saw it from the podium of the uh, office of the press secretary. You heard it on you know, MSNBC and CNN and what they're talking about, everything from January 6th to Donald Trump and Q. Uh, Joe Biden demonizing the media for saying her husband can't complete a sentence, which is fact check true. Mm, yeah. um, and, and then two of the biggest speaker boxes in, in the legacy media kind of stepping back. Last week, we kind of looked at it as uh, something that was taken away from the Ghislaine Maxwell case. This week, I, I think, uh, you know, it's one of those things where we, we have had some developments with Julian Assange. We kind of touched on it briefly the other day. And saying that the U.K. has has cleared the path for his uh, extradition to the United States. And then we come to find out that he's had a stroke recently and was, for a brief time, denied medical attention. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well,
7: his wife say, or I'm sorry, his fiance didn't. Uh, unless it's conflicting information, didn't she say that happened two months ago?
4: It she did, and, and it also was pretty interesting to see. Within the last twenty four hours, I saw a tweet from the official WikiLeaks account that says the CIA is going to kill Julian Assange. So I kind
7: of feel like the the official WikiLeaks Twitter has been compromised a
4: little bit. Yeah, it, it'll be well. I guess we can only find out once he gets back here and starts talking, yeah. and then when we see what starts coming out of it. I think it's been kind of dormant, Somebody and maybe
0: heart attack guns him.
4: Right. Well, t- Tucky weighed in on it last night, and let's hear how our favorite paid op kind of gave his perspective onto what's going on with Julian Assange.
0: So you probably heard the name
10: Julian Assange, and you probably gathered from all the shouting about Julian Assange from our political class that he's some sort of international spy who hacked our computers and stole our secrets. But that's not at all what Julian Assange is or has ever been. He didn't hack anybody's computers. He's a journalist. He reprinted facts. Yep that were deeply embarrassing to our political class, the Democratic National Committee, and to, above all, the foreign policy establishment, which has an awful lot to be embarrassed of. And for doing that, The New York Times has done things like that for 100 years, no problem. Julian Assange does it? Well, he's been incarcerated for almost a decade, since Mm -hmm. the summer of 2012. He's now, for the last two odd years, been in maximum security prison in the UK. He could be coming to this country. So what exactly is gonna happen next with Julian Assange and why is no one defending him? There you go.
4: See, when you when you really do, and I mean, there's a lot of stuff that comes out, but his stuff was really deep state damning. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about like the swamp and the deep state and how the connectivity outside of Washington DC all over the world goes, he really exposed a lot of that stuff um, yeah. w- with the initial WikiLeaks dumps. And it was one of those things where I'm actually astonished that he's not dead, right? I-
7: me too. And it's not you, like I they mean, can't get to him. You've got Hillary Clinton like asking if she could, is there a way we can drone the guy?
4: <laughs> yeah, that that's, that's definitely true. And and, and something we're going to keep our eyes on as we look towards after the holidays, if on whether or not that extradition is going to come to fruition Um everybody's favorite death dealer, Dr. Fauci did a little bit of the uh, news circuit this weekend and talked about how um,
0: the old Fauci shuffle.
4: Yeah, there you go. It's, it's been tough to tell on, on, Whether or not boosters will be expected, but he did give some insight on that. So let's let's kind of hear as we round into the last segment of kind of a hodgepodge. Maybe yes, maybe no.
8: Thinking about three shots now as the standard of care. No. Well, Uh. I certainly
16: think George, it's the optimal care. I mean, for official uh, requirements, maximum profits of the two shots of the mRNA and one shot of the J and J for the official determination of what's required or not. But I think if you look at the data, the more and more it becomes clear that if you want to be optimally protected, you really should get a booster. And I think we'll be continuing to evaluate what the official designation is. But for now, if you want to be optimally protected, absolutely get a booster if you've already had your primary vaccination.
3: Mm
8: -hmm. And projecting forward, should we be expecting yearly boosters? Mm.
16: You know, George, it's tough to tell because... The third shot of an mRNA could not only do what we absolutely know it does. It it will dramatically (laughs) increase the level of protection. But from an immunological standpoint, it could very well increase the durability of protection by things that you can't readily measure by the level of antibodies that you might have a maturation of the immune system that would prolong the durability. You don't know that, George, until you just follow it over a period of months. If it becomes necessary to get yet another boost, then we'll just have to deal with it when that occurs. But I'm hoping from an immunological standpoint that that third shot of an mRNA and the second shot of a and j will give a much greater durability of protection.
4: All right, test subjects, <laughs> line it on yeah. up. So, I mean, he he pretty oh, much God. said it. We, we, we're not gonna know it uh, until we... Uh, you know, get everybody in line and get those jabs in the arms.
0: Antoinette, is there anything uh, on the betting zones in Vegas about how many boosters there's going to be? Is anybody like on an over-under?
7: Um, you know what? I haven't really even asked or looked into it, but.
0: I mean, because there's would, probably still gotta, somebody waiting to get paid when, you know, like the people
7: who sure, bet on whether Trump is going to win. He, I'll ask my husband because he's more into that. And obviously he's the one that works in that world. Let's see. I'll let you guys know on the next episode. All right,
4: we'll call it. Stay before, tuned.
7: Before we end up with Fauci, I just I want to tell everybody I recommend highly recommend buying RFK's new book on yes. Fauci.
3: Yes.
7: Please buy that book. It's been sold out, but now it's available again Get on An audio book of
4: it. I, yeah. I bought the audio book, and I'm like, I started it. Yeah. I'm like seven hours into Peter Navarro's, and as soon as I'm done with that, I'm going to jump right into RFK's
7: yeah i'm i'm just about to start it myself but my friends are reading it right now and they're like holy shit like you have to read this book
4: yeah you certainly do um you you know who's not gonna be reading this book (laughs) because it's not written in binary is mark zuckerberg (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Boot Blorp himself, the reptilian a robot,
0: fucking weird robot guy,
4: sat Back down with Dr. Fauci members. this weekend. Yeah, they 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 had a brief little conversation about the vaccines and stuff. Let's hear about who someone who, who interfered our in our elections uh, was able to sit down with the death dealer himself and talk about vaccines.
16: This would not be the first time, if it happened, that a vaccine that looked good oh. in initial safety actually made people worse. There was the history of the respiratory syncytial virus vaccine in children, which paradoxically made the children worse. One of the HIV vaccines
3: that we mm. tested
16: several years ago actually made individuals more likely to get infected.
4: There's him trying to save his own ass for when those congressional hearings come up uh, and they try uh, to piggyback everything he fucked up with this to how he fucked up AIDS in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, where to go only
7: knew what he did with AIDS. At that time, the exact same playbook they're using today with COVID as well. It's yep. just disgusting. Like, if people knew the truth about this dude and really looked into it, he would not be able to walk the streets.
4: No, not at all. Or be lynched. <laughs> yeah, he, he certainly would. Two of our favorite podcasts His Dr. Malengi.
3: Malengi. Uh,
4: <laughs> or should I say, my second favorite podcast, War Room, weighed in on some of the COVID 19. No, no,
0: no, hold on. I'm going to break it right there. Huh? going to hold you over the break. Thanks.
4: And they talked about the fact checkers uh, and and some of the stuff that's going on with the congressional hearings today. Let's kind of hear how you've been probably canceled online for things that are actually true.
17: A bombshell today, correct?
11: Yeah, there's a really interesting story about Facebook, and you know, and this audience knows how much I have bemoaned this Facebook fact-check process. In fact, to the point where we've had one of their fact-check partners, Alan Duke, over from Lead Stories on the show multiple times to answer for what I think is uh, uh, journalistic malpractice going on with Facebook's fact-checking process. And it appears that Facebook lawyers actually agree with me on this. So um, uh, John Stossel recently sued uh, Facebook for putting up a fact check over one of his uh, videos and articles. And in response to that lawsuit, Facebook has actually responded that their fact check process is actually just opinion made by third parties. Now, this gets a little bit complicated no, because doesn't. you have to understand mm-hmm. the way that the Facebook fact-check system works. So it's not necessarily Facebook employees who are going through all of these things, but it's third parties that are contracted by okay. Facebook. Facebook uses a process and an organization and a group called the International Fact-Checking Network. Lead Stories brothers. is a part of that. Well, and the group stories. that John Stossel is taking aim at with this, it's called either Climate Feedback or Science Feedback, depending on which articles they are uh, they're fact-checking. Well, they're one of 103 verified partners for the International Fact Checking Network, an official partner of Facebook, just like Lead Stories, and it's <laughs> the lawyers state, quote, Stossel's claims on the fact check articles written by Climate Feedback. Not the labels are fixed through the Facebook platform. The labels themselves are neither false nor defamatory. To the contrary, they constitute protected opinion. Ooh. Protected opinion. Now, from a legal perspective, that is a completely logical argument for Facebook's lawyers to be making. But from a moral perspective, from a journalistic perspective, and by the way, the bigger elephant in the room here, when it comes to COVID 19 fact checks, well, is Facebook now saying that everything they do and everything they put up is only third party opinion and not actually facts. Mm. We have a big breaking story coming out specifically about this. We have some extremely interesting communications between Mark Zuckerberg and Anthony Fauci that you haven't seen anywhere else yet. We'll be dropping that Uh-oh. on the National Pulse first thing tomorrow morning. So watch how this story all plays out.
4: And, and those, those stories are up on the National Pulse now. If you want to go over to nationalpulse.com, uh, contribute to Raheem. him and, and Natalie do great work over there. and. They're, they're pretty powerful contributors on War Room. I think that, you know, they, they do a lot of like the journalistic groundwork um, yeah. and, and Steve kind of gets the guests who come on and commentate on these stories that are breaking and that's, like how they kind of meet in the middle, even if he calls him a greedy cunt every once in a while. <laughs> it's, it's one of those it's things.
7: Just, it's just the British, you know, in Raheem. You know, I, I, I wouldn't think.
4: mind if he became like my, uh, the, the voice you lock in for all my audio books. I wouldn't He's
7: hate my, I can listen to him talk all day. He speaks like the Queen's English. My husband does as well, but his accent's a bit different.
4: Yeah. And it, it's,
0: it's one I, of
7: the, We'll have to have Jamie on one of these days. To can do we get some him hum- for a
0: downloadable uh, voice for my... Uh, Right directions. Does he want to do a my pillow commercial in, in the Queen's English? Turn left at this cunt. Oh, there. You have to hear
12: the
7: way my husband says cunt or twat. It's so funny.
4: Well, we, 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 we touched on it briefly as we're, we're round and third. We're almost done here. We've only got two clips left. Uh, one of them is kind of going to be scary. We teased it last week with um, some ex- excerpts from her master class. Uh, but Kill Dog was back out there pretty much making her case how she, I'm telling you, she's narrow 10? in the field. Amy Klobuchar, she's getting pushed out of there. Pete Buttigieg, she's getting pushed out of there. Biden and Harris, she doesn't even respect them. She is definitely clear in the field. We're going to most likely see a rematch in 2024. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's going to be one of those. And uh, hear her over on the show over the weekend talk about some of the dangers to our country.
18: If I were a betting person right now, i say Trump is gonna run again. I mean, he seems to be setting himself up to do that. And if he's not held accountable, then he gets to do it again. I think that could be the end of our democracy, not to oh. be too you know, pointed about it, but not I want people scary. to understand that this is a make or break point. If he were or someone of his ilk were once again to ilk. be elected president. And if especially he had a Congress that would do his bidding, mm. you will not of recognize course. our country.
4: So given everything you've just described, Scariest do you ever have moments vaginal? of responsibility mm-hmm, or even mm-hmm, guilt mm, oh, about sure. what's happened?
18: Of course, because I, I tried to warn do people. Do you feel guilty I about to, losing? <laughs> make the case that uh, this was really dangerous. The people he was allied with, what they were saying, what he might do. And I do think, but for Jim Comey and the stunt he pulled 10 days before the election, I would have won. I feel terrible about not stopping him and the people around him. But I, I feel like now everybody can see for themselves what kind of leader he is. And clearly there were people who liked what they saw despite yeah. what I see as the real dangers to our country, mm. they turned out and voted for him and he's trying to get it set up so that will happen again for him even if he loses as he did twice the popular vote.
8: So what do you see as the state
15: of the Democratic Party right now
18: I think that it, it is um, a time for uh, some you know careful thinking about what wins elections and not just in deep blue districts where Mm -hmm. a Democrat and a liberal Democrat or so-called progressive Democrat is going to win. I understand why people want to argue for their priorities. That's what they believe they were elected to do. So look, I'm all about um, having vigorous debate. I think it's it's good and it it gives people a, a chance to be part of the process. But at the end of the day, it means nothing if we don't have a congress that will get things done and we don't have a white house that we can count on to be sane and sober and stable and productive
0: (laughs) (laughs) wow i just got totally freaked out these odyssey headphones like i'm not even just doing like a plug here i thought that sound was coming from outside Nice. The music. I was like, what is
4: that? It was coming outside of the interview. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there there you go, Antoinette. I don't think you need any any more evidence than that the when she talks about back to her brain. Right. How elections are ran, who runs the election. I even see her like who I Who does
0: number two work for?
4: Exactly. She's starting to talk about listen, if you don't think some of the comments that she's made over the last couple of weeks are directed right at Omar AOC all the, you know, antagonists inside of their own party that are going to need to have to fucking get in line and kiss the ring and say, listen, yep. you're going to be around for a long time. This is my last shot. We either stop Donald Trump here and now or this whole country is over. That is the platform she's getting ready to run on.
7: Yeah, and it's not even, a, she's not talking about the country. She's, ta- she's talking about them.
4: Yeah, and that's what it is. They're completely...
7: It's just, he, it'll be the end of us if we don't stop him. Yep. It means nothing about the country whatsoever.
4: And she's already starting to, uh, you know, lay it out there. In our, in, our, in our last clip of the day, we aren't going to end on a bad note like we did last week. We're going to end on a good one. We're going to circle back to Steve. And he was on The War Room yesterday talking about how what's going on in this country right now, this movement, which started with our first segment today in our America First panel, led up through a lot of the narrative that went through the news today and even went through our, our discussion with Clay Clark, talks about how you could see they're really starting to fear they've created something with this election and what they've done to this country in the last 10 months, that has woken up more people than they know what to do with. And it's probably not going to be stopped. You're basically saying, host oh, scared because they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's kind of hear this in our last clip of the day. And then, uh, you know, we'll get see, a chance talk to go and
17: read the, uh, the chats afterwards. And somebody was saying the other day, Hey, no solution, you, no solutions. We need solutions. Here's the solution. And I try to be very blunt about this. So here's the solution. You are the solution. The only way this gets turned around, the only way it gets stopped, is if you get engaged. This is why the mainstream media is so freaked out about this show. This is why they're so upset about this show, because we're empowering people to say, hey, I have agency. This is the concept of human agency. So I don't want to see in the chat room anymore, oh, Steve, you got to tell us what to do. You got to say, no. Donald Trump's not going to save you. Stephen K. Bennett is not going to save you. Tucker Carlson is not going to save you. Here's what's going to save you, and here's what's going to save your family, and here's what's going to save this country, this great republic, you. You are the solution. And they understand that. Why do you think they're freaking out about this show? Why are they, do you think they're freaking out about the precinct strategy? Why, why are they freaking out that you're at school boards? Dr. Yeah. Wilson will come on next week. She's at a school board in which they threw everybody out, and then they went behind closed doors and had a unanimous decision to do everything the parents didn't want to do. They are totally and completely freaked out for only one reason. It's not the content of the show, although that does freak them out somewhat. It's not the content of President Trump's new statements or his rallies or none of that. Nope. They're only freaked out for one reason, that working men and women – that parents, that moms across America have said, finally, I've had a belly full of this and I'm gonna get off the sofa, I'm gonna ta- put the channel changer down, I'm going to do a few less hobbies or a few less entertainment things and I'm gonna get engaged. I'm gonna get engaged at the school board level, I'm gonna get engaged at the precinct committee level, I'm gonna get engaged as election official and they're in full and total meltdown. You know why? The greatest thing they fear is you. Trump gave you a seat at the table in 2016 now you're giving yourself a seat at the table and they're freaked out
4: i think it would have yes. been better said now it's time to eat right well Cause said cause it, 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 yeah it literally is i mean you know it's so
7: true though like the <laughs> The people that just wanted to be left the fuck alone, you, I mean, they took enough shit. You yeah. poked the bear. You kept poking and poking. Now, mm-mm.
4: Now you've got Joe Kent. Now you've got Mike Collins. Now you've got Sabatini, Teddy Daniels. All the people we've They're had coming with the vengeance. Now you've got big-ass Josh Barnett down in, in Arizona <laughs> who's. I mean, I don't know if he could lift more than Ian Smith, but he's definitely bigger than mm-hmm. him. So, you know, get, <laughs> get ready for it. And we're going to have a whole bunch more of these America First candidates coming on the show as we move forward. And, you know, Noah, you got anything on that? What do you think? I got nothing. Really? Nothing at all? Nothing. They're playing on your fucking doodle me on the computer screen right now. <laughs> oh, are you at the, We're at the table right now, both physically and literally. You ready to eat? Let's do it. Okay, let's just hope we don't get fired in the process. Yeah. (laughs) You know what doesn't get fired? All the places you can listen to Steak for Breakfast on every downloadable podcasting platform. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, FM Player, and now, iHeartRadio. Subscribe to the show, rate it, leave a review. Don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share Steak for Breakfast content. Show creds this week obviously go to all of our friends that we've had on today. Running out of Washington 3, Mr. Joe Kent, Mike Collins out of Georgia 10, and the undeniably best interview we ever have on this show for the amount of time he gives us. Host of Thrive Time Show, Mr. Clay Clark. Also, some of our online friends, Cagbro88, Patriotic Babe Accounts, Mr. Garbaggio, Christina Bob, who was our guest last week. I watched Weekly Review and it was pretty awesome. This week of OAN, Mike Crispy of Red, White and & Based, and Tom Pappert, Editor-in-Chief of the National File. Still trying to get Paps on for you guys. We'll, we'll hopefully be getting him on uh, right after the New Year's. Guys, don't forget to visit and support our sponsors. Help make small American owned and operated businesses great again. My Pillow, it's happened. You got a good mike lindell story today if you cuss somebody out on stage at a reawaken it tour event he's gonna say he's praying for you and you're gonna feel not worthy got him but you know what you're worthy of saving up to 66 off of my pillow products from the my pillow store that has over 600 items right now and their largest sale of the season as we head into christmas mypillow.com Steak is the promo code we're using, and the phone number we're calling if you want to talk to a MyPillow representative. 1-800-658-8045. Noah's last four. He loves them. Odyssey. The top tier ear gear. Noah even gave them a little plug during the show today you can find them on Facebook you can find them on Instagram you can find the best headphones you'll ever own at odyssey.com
0: I legit took the headphones off because I thought something was outside
4: I like it stay ready gear stay ready gear holsters conceal carry everything made out of that melted plastic we all love you can get a uh, Steve Bannon face melted on no no not the Steve Bannon face maybe a Donald Trump face uh, melted onto one I think I've actually seen that it's yeah good. they've got a, a great store a large selection they're actually moving from oh they got a new place already yeah they were opening up a new place it's going to be bigger orders are be coming out faster Stayreadygear.com, facebook and instagram man rubs nothing says lovin like light the yule log and then smoking some meat with it rub it up throw it in it's going to be delicious slice it up right in noah's mouth num 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 delicious there you go manrubsdove.com facebook and instagram as well mike down at west coast survival arms stuff those stockings with uh, pocket pistols and ammo mike's available via the telephone at 619-870-6992 westcoastsurvivalarms.com and answers quickly on facebook messenger mediocre medic for all our first responders running around this holiday season Instagram's pretty fire they all love it they can find everything you need at mediocre and dumpbox, home of the zero flux duck Home Alone, Duck Drops this weekend. Get on Facebook, get in the group, get in the drop. You do those things, you'll know what I'm talking about. They're on Facebook, they're on Instagram. Mike's at, uh, or Mark Joe Friday's at dumpbox.us. Upcoming shows, we've got a buttload of them moving into the new year already. Um, We're gonna be coming back on Friday with Jeannie and Kathleen who run Breakthrough Ideas. They're uh, running a company that's helping people get involved in elections. In addition to that, we're going to have senatorial candidate Bobby Piton out of Illinois, and John Gibbs, America first, Trump endorsed, running in Michigan 3. Next Tuesday, we're going to have Becky Lexit as a guest host. Um, she was just hanging out with Raheem and all those guys over at the Young Republicans dinner about a week ago in New York City, and Mr. Seth Keschel is going to circle back for an interview. On the 28th of December, we're going to have Andrew McCarthy running in New York 10 and Bianca Garcia out of Texas 11. Getting into the new year, Patrick Witt will be joining us. And he's running in Georgia 10 also, and, and he's going to be coming on and talking about us. He worked on Stop the Steal and in, in all of the Georgia-related stuff, and it compelled him to run. Bradley R- Lanning, who's running in Pennsylvania 1, will be here on the 7th of January. Amanda Milius is circling back on the 14th. And on the 18th, now only 10 shows away, nine technically if you count, like, listen to this one already. We're going to have Norbin Laden. We're going to have Nick, one of our original hosts, and we're going to have Geisha Montez coming back for episode of 100. Friends of the Week, Let's Go Brenda, The Duke of Memes, Sublime and Slime, Grand Old Memes, Snack Nicholson 2.0, and Puberto's. <laughs> Guys, between now and then, we shorten the list a little. I think we're going to keep it there. Yeah. Number one, do your own research. All the people who came on this show today, especially those America First candidates, they did their research, and now they're working to help fix this country. Start a podcast, get your voice out there, and let's see what happens. This has been episode 90 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. And we'll be back on Friday with Jeannie and Kathleen of Breakthrough Ideas, Bobby Python, and John Gibbs. On behalf of the crew, I'm Roan. Noah, ciao. Perfect job today, Antoinette. Hi, guys. Great show. This is one of our best. Thanks for listening. Y'all take care.
14: Here in closing, part of that letter, and I encourage you all to read it in its entirety. It has been released to the public as he wished. Here are his words. As I make the final walk on my life's journey, I do so without fear because I know that I will again not be walking alone. I know that God will be walking with me. I also confess that I'm a bit curious to learn if I am correct in thinking that heaven will, will, will look a lot like Kansas. And to see like others who have gone before me, if I will still be able to vote in Chicago. <laughs>
0: it's Tuesday, December 14th, 2021. And this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast.
1: Oh. Okay, this is not Nom. This is bowling. There are rules.